1: <laughs> back.
2: it's been a very long time since I've seen that intro intro Uh,
0: slabs.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Shout out, of course, to Carter Harrell and Cameron Kennedy for bringing the heat on that one. Like always, of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by the sad boy himself, Barrett Courtney. Hello there. Hello there, indeed. (laughs) And it's Star Wars. So, you know, that means I had to bring on Pixel Circus's own Sage Ryan.
0: Hello again.
2: And The master of ceremonies. The master of Star Wars celebrations, if you will. The one and only Anthony Carboni.
1: I am ready for another happy landing, Tim.
2: Yes, (laughs) yes. So here's the thing. This is kind of funny, Star Wars in review. Of course, this is a rewatch. Back in the day leading into episode 9, we ranked, reviewed, and recapped all of the Star Wars theatrically released films, and now we're a couple years removed from that. The Disney Plus shows are rolling on, uh, and we have Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out next week. Before we went live, me and Barrett were talking about it. How insane is it that we have a Ewan McGregor-led Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show coming out next week?
0: It feels, we made, up? It feels yeah, made up. It feels right? made up, right? I think it's we just so asked funny. for it for so long, and we're so used to not getting the things that we ask for, not like from Star Wars specifically, <laughs> just in general in this life, yeah. uh, that it feels like we asked for it, and they said, okay, and we're like, oh, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I, really 20 years from now, Somebody is going to do the oral history of this when everybody can talk about what it actually took to make this show happen. And I am going to be so fascinated to listen to that story. So fascinated. Because
3: it's felt like a long time coming. And I remember it was – I think they announced it officially in this Disney era in 2019. Because I remember it was my first year at KF. We were still in the studio. And, you know, they were doing like they're building up to a bunch of like Star Wars announcements. I forget if it it was Star Wars Celebration or if it was like the Disney. It was D. It was
1: D. 23. I was there when they announced it. Yeah, we
3: were you know, I I told him I think it was the day before of like all they need to do is have Ewan McGregor walk out on stage and be like, hey, I once played Obi-Wan and I'm going to, I'm going to play Obi-Wan again. And that's like almost beat for beat what they exactly did. And, you know, I've been riding that high for three years and, you know, I'm going to continue to ride that high over the next five weeks when the show actually finally comes out. It's insane.
1: Hey, I, you, I once played Obi-Wan, get ready for a life less ordinary two coming to Disney plus.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Damn it. with love too, are you At ready give me a mulan touche, you know what i mean <laughs> anyway that's all yeah. i got for you today um so of course we're doing a rewatch of star wars episode three to get in the hype to get ready for next week uh to see the eventual reunion of darth vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi, but we had to see where they last left off. Um, so we're gonna do an in review in classic form. This is a very exciting in review because it's the very first time that we're having a guest do the plot. We're having Anthony Carboni do the plot of Star Wars episode three. So that's gonna be great because this is kind of funny's in review where each and every week we get together to rank, review, and recap different movie franchises, and sometimes we watch ones we've already watched before to get back in that hype train leading into a new project. You can watch it on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com you can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review it will be right there for you if you wanted to get the show ad free and watch live as we record it you got to go to Patreon.com/kindoffunny like our Patreon producers, Molecule, Fargo, Brady, and Anonymous have done. Today we're brought to you by MapleStory and Lumen Skin. A little housekeeping for you. So this is our in review rewatch of episode three. Starting next week and every week after that until the show's over, we're going to be doing our reactions over on the Kind of Funny screencast um, with this group, this beautiful group of people. Uh, the rest of Kind of Funny is invited. If anyone would like to join, they know that they are welcome. But a lot of people. Are star wars doubt and that's okay that's okay not everybody has to have thoughts on everything right but we have this great group that's going to and i'm very excited about that um we talked about boba fett if you want to get familiar if you aren't already go check out our reviews we did of the whole book of boba fett most of the episodes were all of us um the saddest thing is next week the first two episodes of obi-wan kenobi uh will not be with carboni because he's out there busy Hosting stuff at Star Wars Celebration. Are you
1: excited about that, Carboni? I am so hyped. I'm so hyped that we're doing it live again. I'm so hyped to be back on the floor. Uh, And I think it's going to be, with everything that was just announced through Vanity Fair and everything that's brewing, I think it's going to be a very, very interesting year to be at Star Wars Celebration. We'll be doing it every day live on the Star Wars YouTube. So. Yeah, Very excited,
2: really cool, really cool stuff. So, uh, me, Sage, and Barrett, we will be doing our uh screencast thoughts, impressions, review, all of that stuff of episodes one and two of Obi-Wan Kenobi next Friday morning. You can check that out, and then following
1: gonna that, just every watch week... it with Ewan, I'll probably just go and like check it out with like Ewan and Hayden, and then like, yeah, no check big in with you guys. Yeah, like... no
2: big deal. <laughs> Do you think you're actually gonna be with them? Car-Bone? No,
1: they keep me 100 yards away from those people so I don't exactly. slobber on them.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> probably, probably for
3: the best. They actually um, wrote that in his contract when they signed him. uh It's uh, like, hey, we need you a hundred yards away from these people so you don't slobber on them.
0: Yes, yeah, slobber. It's, just- it's the first time they've had to put slobber in a legal document.
1: It's a very mm-hmm. standard slobber clause, as, and it was created for me by Disney. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you gotta make your
0: mark at Disney, you know.
2: So, all of that stuff, we're talking about the future, but let's go to the past. Today, we are talking about Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. It was released on May 19th, 2005. The craziest thing that Barrett brought to my attention is the day this post, this video post, will be the 17-year anniversary. Which we didn't even do on
3: purpose. It just kind (laughs) of lined up that way.
2: (laughs) 17 years of Revenge of the Sith. (laughs) I will never forget watching this movie. Uh, me and all my friends legitimately just skipped class. We just cut class in high school, junior year, to go watch this thing in Daly City.
0: And this is, like, going to out myself as a baby for sure. Uh, but I think this is the only Star Wars until the new films that I got to see in theaters. I think this was the first one I got to see in theaters Oh wow. as a kid because I would have been, like, 9 turning 10 when it came out. And that was, like, yeah. the Finally. I was prime age for episode three. I was the current demographic.
3: Yeah, I I I would have to say, so I was eight... Uh, when this originally came out and my, my dad's side of the family, like lives and breathes star Wars, even like up to my grandpa, um, you know, uh, even watching, uh, the new movies as they're coming out with him and stuff. Um, and so I, I do have very vague memories of seeing episode one and two in theaters, but this was like, I still very much remember this experience of watching it with my dad for the very first time. And, you know, like, (laughs) Him and I, like, even me as a kid, like, understanding, like, I have fun with these movies, these movies are for kids, Uh, Mm -hmm. but even at that age, kind of knowing that, like, you know, the last two movies weren't exceptional by any means, uh, and him definitely having that understanding, but a lot of, you know, the things that came from this movie, again, not done in an expert way, by any uh, means of what they were trying to build to with this story in this trilogy, but it still got us in a lot of ways. Like I, I remember, you know, my dad kind of tearing up and telling himself out, like out audibly, "It's gonna be okay," you know, uh, <laughs> during the, the, the pinnacle fight between Obi Wan and Anakin and stuff like that. And so that's, uh, it,
1: you wasn't. Know, it wasn't, it you know, okay. wasn't, it was okay,
3: but it ended up being okay. Uh, you know, three three movies later, uh, at mm-hmm. the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. So, um, yeah, that, like that memory still holds, uh, i still hold very dearly of just, you know, seeing this for the very first time. And I probably watched it again with other family members and stuff, but yeah, that, it was, it was wild. And I think Tim, another factoid, and I could, my dates could be wrong about the, uh, slightly off about this, but I think the tie-in video game, Star Wars episode three, Revenge of the Sith, uh, available on PS2 and Xbox, uh, the original Xbox, I think that came out. Before the movie was officially released, alongside I think the kids' version of the like telling of the book. So I remember I think actually starting to read the book before the movie was available. Um, wow, a little I, hipster baby. I know, and like that was one of the because I remember like in the book, the book was
1: better. Yeah, the book <laughs>
3: was better. Uh, like you know, it describes like how uh, you know Duku at the beginning mm-hmm. when Anakin's about to kill him, like the the facial expression he makes uh, makes it seem like he wants to tell Anakin something, and I I like. Like, for whatever reason, that always stuck out to me, uh, and yeah. like actually seeing that moment in in the movies. So, just again, so weird. Another little factoid that I sent Tim of like if we were in the Star Wars timeline and you know Revenge of the Sith happened 17 years ago, we'd be three years away from the events of a New Hope, which is also just kind True. of freaks me out a
1: little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get anybody to go see this movie with me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, no way.
1: <laughs> oh, I was living in New York at the time, and. um Everybody was pretty much like, nope, those movies are bad. We're not going to see it. Uh, And so I I went before work. I went on my own to go see... Revenge of the Sith because I couldn't get any of my cool New York friends to go see a lame Star Wars movie with me.
0: I'd like to think I speak for all of us when I say uh, we would have gone with you, bud. Oh, yes. yes. We knew you. I'm happy happy
2: you have have these type of cool friends now. You know what I mean? You got us. (laughs) We got you on the right (laughs) side of things. Um, This one had a runtime of two hours and 20 minutes. It was directed and written by George Lucas the music of course was done by john williams and like let's just let's just talk about it for a second you can say what you will about the prequels the score is debatably better than the originals like it's just owns. so damn fire man Yeah, the
1: score the score is just lifts these movies on its shoulders it really does in it a did. lot of places
2: uh, the budget of this one was 113 million, and the box office was 868.4 million. The highest-grossing film did in fine. the U.S. and the second highest-grossing film worldwide back in 2005. Did Obviously, fine. now it's a lot lower.
3: And it, it um, did from what it I remember, 200,
1: it did 200 million more than Episode Two. Wow! People who people who were like, "Oh, I don't want to see Episode 2, or like, "I heard it's not that great," and Episode One wasn't that great. They came back. To see Darth Vader happen, yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. wanted to oh, see this. You
0: had to see
3: it. This and, was yeah, the thing. With that, this was uh, again. Correct me if I'm wrong. This was the first PG-13 Star Wars, correct? Because all of them, yeah, had I been think PG- so. Previously,
4: yeah.
0: And, and let, boy, yeah. did they push that to the furthest extent? <laughs> oh they got my that god, rate, they earned it.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Let Let's start off with our impressions of this of this rewatch of Star Wars Episode Three. Sage, what did you think?
0: I really enjoyed the film. Uh, It was more violent than I remembered, which is very funny, because it's been a hot minute since I've watched episode three. I've started prequel rewatches a good few times, so I've watched one and two more times than I've actually watched episode three. Uh, And immediately I was reminded that they really committed to that PG-13. I enjoyed the characters very much. I had a lot of fun watching it. It was simultaneously better and worse than I remembered. In many ways, there were areas where I was like, wow, I remember this being a lot cooler. And then there are areas that are just like, wow, I remembered her having more lines. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Got it. Yeah. That's my like, Uh, like light overview of where I'm at with it.
1: Carboni. I love this one. I want to say shout out to the MVP, Ian McDermott, who just destroys this movie is just a McDermid movie. I know what it's supposed to be about. I know who it's, we're supposed to care about. But this is the Chancellor on Ice. This is the <laughs> Chancellor the <laughs> musical. This is the one man show Chancellor! Exclamation point live. I do agree. One man show. Film. <laughs> I love this film because McDermid is just the MVP. But also, like I think time has been. Time has been kinder to these movies than we thought, particularly with, uh, particularly with, of course, the Clone Wars and all of the things that uh, Dave Filoni and the rest of the uh, the television team has done, the comic book team to sort of fill in some things that give these movies a bit more gravitas than I think they had upon first viewing. And I and I love that. I love that now I can go back and I can be like, as a standalone film, there are some things in here where I'm like, why is why are these people acting like this? But with The Clone Wars added in, I'm like, it was explained. I'm fine. Get to the Chancellor. (laughs) <laughs> um,
3: yeah, you know it's 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 always fun to go back to this uh, because you know I'm an insane person. I think it was like about a year ago where I took six months to do a timeline order rewatch of not just the uh, the movies, but also include uh, all the shows, uh, comics, most a good amount of the books, the video games that are in the current Disney canon uh, for Star Wars, and something that I kind of realized when I started at all with like, from going from Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones to Clone Wars to this movie is that like I don't really see the prequels as the trilogy of movies like I see the prequels as the Clone Wars show that happens to have these kind of like book-ended events um, at, the, at the beginning and the end and like Carboni was saying like the you know particularly Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith I think you know you know, when it comes to you know acting and you know plot points specifically within those movies, not everything holds up, but there are ideas there that, looking back, you you know that like Lucas still had the sauce in a way. You know, we say this on PS, I love you a lot. Like, do you have the sauce to be telling the story that you're trying to tell? And he did have that aspect in there maybe, you know, looking back on it, maybe it's not something that he should have aspired to do in just three movies. Maybe it's something that he should have tried to tell with, with you know, with a bigger team than just himself and a bunch of yes men. Um, you know, like there was there was something there that was special and I, I think that's, uh, you know, it really shows, I think, watching this movie with the full context of, you know, uh, the character's journey as told in the Clone Wars show and, you know, I've kind of talked about it on uh, social media. Uh, I watched the four-hour fan supercut of this, which um, added in, you know, it's the the full Revenge of the Sith movie with uh, some deleted scenes, um, some of the 2D Clone Wars episodes that details okay. Grievous's capture of uh, Palpatine that we see at the very beginning of the movie, and then also bringing in the siege of mandalore um uh, final arc in the clone wars and you know it, it starts off with like the the first episode of siege of mandalore where you know it's like the anakin and obi-wan in the middle of a battle and you know they're they're doing their jokes and they're they're having the fun back and forth and it kind of like starts from there and uh, you know this fan who made this like uh tried their best to like make it as like uh, timeline order specific as possible while also like still including like cuts and fadeaways that still feel very like Lucas esque edited and stuff like that. You
1: and went hard, dude.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: you went hard and I love this.
3: <laughs> and I even rewatched some of the uh, some Clone Wars episodes before uh, watching this just to get like the lead in of you know where Ahsoka is at and stuff like that. And while you know this was like a fun thing to experience, right? Like it, it was. It was really just fun. It, it, I don't know if it like watching it this way really added anything for me personally, but it was fun to see like, you know, the, you know, the moment where Anakin walks into the uh, Palpatine's uh room right and um you know, uh Mace Windu's got him cornered and then it cuts back to Darth Maul opening his eyes while he's captured because he feels You know, this moment that he had a dream about, a premonition about, like, it's about to happen, you know, in the same vein of when Anakin decides to betray uh, Mace. And then you see Ahsoka's reaction to that, like, cut to immediately. Like, uh, that was pretty cool um, to just kind of, like, get the, you know, get the full ramifications of these core characters uh, from the shows and stuff. So, um, yeah, and it was the one thing I remember texting Tim about was, like, it's so funny, like, when you're in, like, the beginning parts of it, because the first shot of the movie isn't until 45 minutes into this cut. Um, And you get the detailed kind of grievous capturing uh, uh, Palpatine, and it's, like, the 2D 2005 animated show that, like, led into the release of this movie. And, you know, it's very cartoony. It's definitely 17 years old with, like, the, mm-hmm. you know, the... the it's perfect. Uh, the creator of Samurai Jack, I, I believe, who who worked on that. And yep. it's so cartoony. And you're like, man, this is really cartoony. And then you get to the beginning of the actual Revenge of the Sith movie. And you're like, oh, this is also kind of really cartoony. Like, it weirdly, they, like, um, tonally, weirdly still fit together, which is... I thought was fascinating so um yeah i i still really love this movie I, I loved it as a kid and you know over time I, I, my appreciation of it has grown and grown
1: we can dip uh, we can dip into your we can dip into your new encyclopedic four hour cut knowledge when we when <laughs> when we're trying to explain some of these motivations away yeah yeah that, that is
2: 100 percent what it is i also uh put it upon myself to watch the four and a half hour cut you did uh, it more so because I I, been, I have not seen the original uh, Clone Wars cartoon since it came out. Where was the
1: might... Dropbox links for your bud <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the two of us were out here like I, did, I didn't want, want to like... put
2: it on you guys. You yeah, know? we did not want to put it on anybody. And like honestly, it's one of those things where I had a lot of fun watching it. I don't even know that it is like the recommended way to watch it. <laughs> I think it enhances a lot. Like the biggest problem I had is to Barrett's point, like the first forty-five minutes are just uh, Clone Wars two D. Was 3D and the whole time I'm like, yo, this movie's not that bad. I was wrong, and then the live action movie starts. I was like, you know what, <laughs> this movie's not that good. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> wow. So I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think that you know, it's it. We all understand what feloni has done, what the the rest mm-hmm. of the teams have done. They have expanded and they they took what was and they built upon it and they enhanced it and it did make it better in a lot of ways. And there's no taking that away. Those are all facts. That's all out there. This Talking about just episode. Movie.
1: What's up? I said, but this is also a good movie. Go on. Continue yeah, this, with your this, thing. And
2: I, think, I think, Carboni, continue we're going to have everything. a lot. We're going to have a <laughs> lot of uh, flashbacks to our Spider-Boys doing the, the Spider-Man rewatches of the yeah. early Spider-Man movies where it's like, I, I do not think that they're good movies, but like, I'll be damned if I don't have a fun time watching. Listen, I'm, like, lo- I, I'm Lord Keeper
1: today, and I am impartial, and I simply I <laughs> I simply, I go with the wind. As he's yes. in the background going, yes. and they're very good movies. But it's also very good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I mean, that
1: it's funny because
2: like sage was talking about this earlier it's like you know it this movie i think is better and worse than you remember it being in some ways like i remember for a long time growing up um and before like i was on podcast talking about this professionally <laughs> whatever that is and i would defend episode three being like no, no 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 three's good though three's good it's not like two it's not like one three's actually good and i'm like Rewatching it now, I'm like, it, oh man, I was fighting a fight that I didn't actually even really stand by at that point just because it's not as bad as people say that it is. Yeah. And I think that now we're at a point post the sequel trilogy, post a lot of things, where we've had some time to kind of take in Star Wars for what it is overall. And I think that looking at these movies for what they are, I obviously have a fondness for the prequels like i was nine years old when episode one came out i fucking love pod racing anytime pod racing gets brought up i'm gonna be a happy boy and all i wanted when i walked out of that theater was to see Anakin turned into Darth Vader. We knew it was going to happen. And this movie delivered that shit. It also delivered us a lot of things that didn't really make sense and so much cool shit that they don't show on screen that thankfully things like Clone Wars do show on screen um, and kind of build up to. But this movie in particular I think is kind of – Better than it it was given credit for, but also worse than people do give it credit for, and it just mm-hmm. kind of is this fun thing that I can't wait to see what we get next week with the, the Obi Wan series.
1: It's I mean Complex yes, it, piece of art. <laughs> those are a lot of words. Those there, are are a lot of words. there are layers. There are layers.
2: But it's it's undeniable that the the prequel trilogy is a very special set of movies that um, have a lot of joy in them. And mm-hmm. whether I'm enjoying watching them because of how bad they are or because of um, how good they are, I'm firmly on the bad side. But I have a lot of fun, and you can't take that away from me. So with that, I want to get to our, our sponsors real quick. But when we get back, Carbone is going to start the plot. Shout out to MapleStory for sponsoring this episode. Are you tired of being judged based on the way you look? MapleStory is too. Because while it may look cute and cuddly, this is a deeply hardcore MMORPG. MapleStory is full of vast colorful lands and a ferocious array of towering monsters. And don't get us started about damage. MapleStory will have you dealing billions with each swing of your Fafnir battle cleaver as you battle boss after boss epic boss, and you can customize your mapler your way. MapleStory has 40-plus jobs and thousands of weapons, outfits, hats, armor sets, and mounts for you to take on your journey, from the Lionheart battle bracers to vicious lollipop wands. And you know I love a lollipop wand. There's a ton to see and do in this picturesque world, and with 18 years of content to sink your Genesis weapon into, there will always be a new adventure around the corner. MapleStory is ready to go. Are you? You can go to maplestory.com to check out the game and play for free. That's free, guys. Come on. maplestory.com. This episode is brought to you by Lumen. If your skincare routine is basically you washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school, then it's time to level up the skincare game. Thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of three-in-one and start using products that actually take care of your face. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under-eye dark circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin. Gia has been using the Charcoal Face Wash and Charcoal Face scrub and she feels so fresh, so clean afterward. She has dry skin, so especially during the winter, it's nice to have that hydration and exfoliation. Also, she's a big fan of the really subtle citrus smell. All you have to do is take a two-minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for you based on your skincare needs. Level up your skincare game with Lumen Skin today. You can go to lumenskin.com slash funny to get your free trial of Lumen's products. That's L-U-M-I-N-S-K-I-N dot slash kind of funny to get your free trial of lumens products lumenskin.com
4: slash kind of funny carboni the floor is war
1: war (laughs) 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 this is one of my favorite uh, listen out of all the crawls i have to say my two favorites are crawls from probably two movies that people do not love the most I love this and I love the crawl from Skywalker where it just starts with the dead speak. No, see, yes. this is, that's a good crawl. Barboni, look, you say what you will you about can't. the movie. You're watching, <laughs> <laughs> it comes up on the screen, the dead speak, Fuck, yeah. that's a good start. Now, no, where does it go from start. there? Where does it go from there? That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking yeah. about is war. Yeah. <laughs> the Republic is crumbling under attacks from the ruthless Sith Lord Count Dooku. There are heroes on both sides. Both sides what? need to be listened to. <laughs> I feel nope. like, the, no, it's, there's nope. villains on both sides. Yes, that is no, true. Nope, the problem is that there are not good people on both sides. <laughs> there are um, not good
0: people on either side.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it does say evil is everywhere. Now, uh, this this starts off with, I think this is a beautiful opening that kind of shows to me how far, just within the space of these prequels, the technology came from episode 1 to episode 3 um seeing the seeing the star destroyers and the star fighters floating over the floating over the planet it all looked so much better to me than episode 1 did and you can really see these movies were basically a big experiment by George Lucas to be like can i make an entire movie inside a computer can anybody do that and i think by the time they got to episode 3 I think this I think this entire opening sequence looks beautiful.
2: Um, Dude, I, I think I think it's more than just the the technical look of it. I think it is the the lore and story kind of ideas of the ship designs um changing, and hopefully Kommody comes, yeah. comes back. Uh, but of the ship designs, I, I'm a sucker in Star Wars for kind of getting the the cross era. Uh, progression that we see and seeing the kind of like ship designs from the good and bad sides kind of flip into the empire um yeah. on this and like the star destroyer shape and stuff is the good guy's ship in this but like that stuff's really cool to me but I think that this opening a star wars movie in the star fight, like yeah. in the, the like the, like we're in space and this is normally the last third of the movie, but boom, we're starting with it. Was okay, I think a bold, uh, it was a exactly, it was a bold call. And I think that it's one of this movie's strongest points. Like it was really well choreographed and having Anakin, uh, like get all the buzz droids off of the other ship and like using I love his the ship, buzz like droids. all that stuff. I'm like, this is really great for character development for them. And it's kind of a thrilling action scene. And to Carboni's point, it looks cool. So it looks cool. I, I
1: thought the opening of this movie was really, really yeah. well. good. The buzz droids are one of those beautiful Star Wars things that make no sense. Like I love them because it's like we're not going to shoot your ship down with an explosive or concussive blast. What we're going to do is we're going to shoot you with something that opens up into a bunch of tinier little things that slowly <laughs> that slowly cut you apart into tiny little pieces and I'm just like yes yes <laughs> I love it well there's got to uh, be a
3: solution when you can't shoot these like really talented Jedi fighters down you gotta <laughs> you gotta figure out something and it, you just like you just you know shotgun blast all of these uh little uh, uh droids that look kind of cute in the right
1: context kind uh, of adorable yeah there are a lot of evil droids in the prequels that are actually very adorable <laughs> so true um, now, this, of course, we sh- we see uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin in their ETA-2 Starfighters, which are some of my favorite ships, the little Flash Gordon space pods that they fly through. Um, and this also, to me, is a really great... I think Revenge of the Sith might be... It's up in the most quotable movies of all Star Wars movies. It really is. Just the, just the back and forth between Anakin and Obi-Wan. There's so many good one-liners in this. And I forgot how many of them just come right out of this first five minutes. <laughs> just, the, just everything. The flying is for droids. All of the good stuff uh, comes here. And I, I love, I just love that this is where we kind of get to see Anakin and Obi-Wan. And we only really get this friendship pre-Clone Wars series. This banter is what we get in this movie.
3: Yeah. this so opening sad. sequence is what we get it, it, it's very reminiscent of the you know it, again it's uh almost blanket and you miss it kind of thing from attack of the clones when they're in the elevator right and mm-hmm. where you see ewan mcgregor bring that energy with like what little he's given to have the fun quippy back and forth with his padawan um mm-hmm. yeah now and, which is great and it's unfortunate too because it's like they're like all right We're going to have quips and like fun brotherly love at the very beginning of this movie for 30 seconds. And then we're going to completely forget about it for the rest of the movie.
0: (laughs) I think there's one other point where it comes up and I'll reference it when we get to it. But I do think that there is one other moment that I think is crucial to their relationship uh, that highlights the way that Obi-Wan believes in Anakin, which I think is very important to the direction this goes. And like what a pillar of um, belief that he's been the whole time and also like
1: Support for Anakin's self esteem that he is, yeah, that comes
0: up a little bit later.
1: I, I, I think I know the part that you're talking about. So uh, they are, of course, uh, flying towards Grievous's ship, the Invisible Hand. Uh, the Invisible Hand, I love as a name because, of course, it references Palpatine. It references it references Sidious. It also references. It's an economics term for capitalism, and this whole thing is about <laughs> trade disputes and <laughs> economics. So I love that, yeah. and also. How many people lose hands in Star Wars? This is a good name for a ship. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. really want to say that. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they, get, they get down onto the ship. R2 is, of course, there with them. We get our first just bad slipping Just flipping just around. Just slipping around on things, you know? Uh, we get our first bad feeling. Uh, we get our first battle droids. Of course, Matt Wood is the voice of the battle droids. And I just, I love the battle droids. They make me so happy.
2: I'm a sucker for him. Again, it's the nostalgia little kid shit. But, like, I I have an, an intense episode one nostalgia. So seeing the battle droids, seeing the gun rays, like, all that stuff, like, mm-hmm. I'll go as far as saying it. Seeing Jojo Biggs is a fucking senator.
3: You know what I mean? <laughs> so good. So good. He got everything. Um, even, even the super battle droids, too. And, again, this is, like, in that moment, like, going from the 2D and 3D uh, animated shows where they're, they are a little more uh, willing to be uh as goofy as they want for kids and stuff like that where you know constantly in those shows right they're they're making like dumb little uh jokes that make you chuckle for a second and then they still have that same level of energy when the two like super battle droids come in and they're like looking at the jedi fighters and they kind of hear R2 and like that whole slapstick stuff is fantastic it
1: goes on for so long and i love <laughs> so it it's just like nah probably didn't hear anything still didn't hear anything um the
0: other scene that absolutely shook me in this, specifically with R two, is him like pouring out the oil and then just lighting that other droid on fire.
1: It's ridiculous. There's a real. I was real... just like,
0: what the hell? Where did this come from?
1: There's a real dark streak in this one, and it's it it it, it it's a little whiplash at times. I don't mind saying it. Uh, but of course they've landed on the Ven- uh, on the Venator Starcraft, and they are trying to get to the Chancellor. Uh, they talk a little bit outside of the elevator about what they're going to do. What is this? It's a trap. What do we do? Spring the trap. Very Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, this sequence, the rescue of Palpatine, was originally in the cut in the original cut of the movie, an hour long. There was a lot wow. that was cut from this. And I- why that? Because it makes little to no
2: sense without like rewatching it a couple times and really kind mm-hmm. of getting into it. Because like I think episode three uh, does a disservice to a lot of people where this is one of the earliest examples in, in Star Wars or in any of these kind of big um, IP movies where – Oh, hey, Grievous is here now. Who the fuck is Grievous? What the fuck are you talking about? Tim, you had to watch
3: the 2D animated Clone Wars show to understand, okay?
2: That's the point that I'm making is that, like, that – It was such a different time where to see that, you needed access to Cartoon Network, right? Like, that is not something that is, like, Disney Plus where everyone just kind of – Where Disney assumes you you have access, you're able to see this. They were just like, fuck it. It doesn't matter. We're just going to drop people into this scenario where – in one ship, we're gonna have multiple people that you know, that the audience knows are bad guys, and mm-hmm. we're also gonna, like, the Gunray people from episode one, but we're also gonna have the um Palpatine, clearly the Emperor. And we're also gonna have Dooku, the bad guy from the last movie. Oh, mm-hmm. and then there's this fucking robot who's coughing for some reason. It's like, it's really, really jarring, so I am not yeah. surprised that there's a lot of shit cut.
1: Yeah, and, and I think as far as, like, as far as the introduction or non-introduction of Grievous goes, look, This dude's got Palpatine. It said war in the crawl. General Grievous (laughs) has him. Oh, okay, that must be General Grievous. I love his weird limping chicken run that he does. Grievous (laughs) never walks. He's always like doing that. (laughs) Like, I I just, he's such a weird little movie monster, like Lon Lon Chaney of a guy. And I freaking love it. Um, Going up through the elevator, this is where one of the first big cuts happens. There is a lot more discussion between obi-wan and anakin in the original cut and there's a lot more showing of sort of the trust and the friendship between the two of them also when they get off the elevator in the original cut they don't run into this ray shield which is what they're about to run into they run into general grievous with shock t captured on her knees in front of them and grievous straight up kills shock t in front of them. Oh. and it's Pretty graphic, and I imagine it's one of the things that they had to cut to get their PG thirteen. Yeah. But that's also but you also in the in that original cut got this Grievous opening up his his robe and showing all of the lightsabers and taking shock tees and putting it in, and is like, I look forward to getting yours. And it's like
3: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny (laughs) of like how they were thinking about that again not to keep bringing up this 2d 2005 animated show but she's the one pursuing Grievous while he's trying to like uh capture Palpatine so that's yes. like it's so interesting I'm like how... well, I'll tell you what
1: there are more there are two more uh cut scenes where Shakti dies
4: killing they
1: could not figure out where to put the death of Shakti uh but what I love so we show as they're going up through the elevator uh we get a lot of the Obi-Wan is not good with technology. He's not good or trusting of droids. Anakin's still like, hey, shut your mouth. Droids rule. Um, (laughs) We still see a lot of Anakin being, even if he is straying, he is fiercely protective of his friends to a fault, even at this point, which, of course, it really is going to get to a fault. Um,
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know if he becomes fiercely protective of his friends to a fault. (laughs) Right.
1: Uh, (laughs) um, So... We get to the point where they see uh, Chancellor Palpatine. Oh, no, I'm caught. Oh, save me. Oh, no. I fucking love (laughs) this so much. (laughs) Bro, this point when he's just
0: talking and keeps switching into his fucking Palpatine voice is so funny. How he'll just be like, I'm talking normal. I'm talking normal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, of course, we see Count Dooku comes down. Of course, it is like, yo, what's up? This is where we get one of my favorite favorite lines which is of course my powers have doubled mm-hmm. since we've last met how do you how do you quantify that but i love it I, of course. the mouth on this kid uh, but the, i also he's love more midichlorians <laughs> since, you know episodes oh is that how they i'm sure that's how mm-hmm. they work mm-hmm. yeah, so the my my, my other favorite thing <laughs> i'm sorry my other favorite thing is when uh be careful count Dooku is here uh you can't stop him he's a sith lord and obi-wan being like wink sith lords are a specialty
4: are they my guy
3: (laughs) are they
1: would you know one if you
3: saw one
2: yeah he does exactly he says speciality He had so many...
0: Speciality. <laughs> so much to it. I love everyone's choices. I talk about space British all the time. As someone who plays <laughs> Princess Leia in a D&D game every week, I love to talk about space British. Ewan McGregor, on the other hand, did not adapt everyone else's space British. He did completely his own thing. He made mm-hmm. up an entirely new dialect for Obi-Wan, and it's my favorite of it's anyone's perfect. speech in it this. It's because
3: it also... It, it just, like, it really... Shows of just, like, how much of just, like, over-the-top Obi-Wan is all the time. Committed.
0: Yeah. So good. So my note to add to this scene is, why did Anakin always look like
1: a villain? Oh. Just
0: They never dressed him like a Jedi. They never did his hair or makeup like a jedi like they very intentionally are like villain signaling the entire time with adult anakin and i just don't understand why like yes we know he's going to be darth vader and i get that this is for children and you have to let them know but like damn you could have given us just like a little more cover up like you could have put
1: him in the the jedi robes the, the hair like his hair is greasy from the go hair, the he's scar. like he's got the scar but also nobody else is allowed to wear anything but the white and tan even mace windu who's allowed to have a purple (laughs) lightsaber right which is which (laughs) is just amazing
4: i mean like the thing
1: is like
2: i i I know that this crowd's uh views on luke are are different than mine in many ways but uh in return of the jedi him wearing black i loved that it felt different it felt like we're getting kind of some some hints of some things that could be potentially and the story kind of deals with it but to sage's point in this it really just is y'all he's a bad guy motherfucker it's like oh hey oh Are we going to let the kid that everyone was, like, kind of worried about the whole prophecy and all that stuff, we're just going to let him go through his emo phase in front of us? I feel like the adults would have been like, nah. And I guess to an extent, they do. I guess the Jedi Council is trying to put him in his place. But but again,
3: the whole point, and, like, I'll go back to, like, Lucas had the ideas here when he was first making these movies. Was he the sole person who should have been uh, telling these stories and writing these scripts? No. But, you know, part of the uh, thing that I don't think, like, a lot of people talk about is that, like, he was trying to make the point of, like, yo, the Jedi Order checked the fuck out, guys. Like, yeah. they yes. don't give a shit. And that's why, you know, they let this this guy turn into the way he, he is, man. It's because yeah. they're, they're
1: not... I- great yeah. jedi. not supportive not supportive to youngsters as we'll see in this they, they're they not they're, it's not a supportive work environment there's no compliment sandwiching when you're a jedi and i think we'll see this throughout uh but one thing that i do want to say about this a word that keeps coming that popped into my head every time i watch this is shakespearean it's shakespearean there's so much everything from every like it feels the your bad guys feel like your iagos and false staffs the the dialogue between the two young lovers is like when it works is kind of like very Shakespearean. Does it work a lot? I'm not here to say what I'm here to say is when it works, it's very Shakespearean. And one of the things that I love is during this (laughs) fight with, with uh, digital Dooku, who by the way, walked. So every Marvel movie could run like in all honesty, this still looks pretty good. Like, you know, it's not Christopher Lee, but I'm like, Yo. This is how this is how Paul Rudd does Ant-Man. You know what I mean? Like this is how these these guys are doing these movies. Um, See, I
2: don't know that I can say this shit looks good. I think that some of the ship stuff I stand by it looks great, mm-hmm. but I think that a lot of the it's it's less the choreography and it's more the way the humans move in this. Like uh a, a scene that comes to mind for me is in this when the rubble is kind of thrown down on Obi-Wan. Like mm-hmm. the way that it is animated is it, it's not lifelike and it's also not cartoony. It creates this really kind of weird thing where no matter what it is, you're like, that man is crippled for life. Yeah, like, like I don't care that he's a Jedi. In the he is split yeah. in
1: two, man. Yeah. And I feel like a they lot of people They ragdoll real hard. They ragdoll it, like an Xbox.
2: The ragdoll <laughs> shit, I think kind of like, uh, seeing Christopher Lee like move around the way he does, it just- it doesn't feel believable even knowing they have special powers that make anything happen like it, right. it just doesn't like add up to me visually
1: i i didn't have i didn't have that same problem i would say you know obviously the effects are not as good as as we've got now but i think one of the other things that i liked is they were learning to edit for the effects too like they weren't so this has to be a perfectly clear shot of a digital person all the time they started cutting it a little bit more like a like a fight scene in this but to talk about this shakespearean stuff all these little all these little things from 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 Palpatine, the do it, do it, which is my favorite thing. Kill him, kill him now. Like, oh, I Everyone love talks Palpatine. About the do
0: it and not do enough it. people talk about get yeah. get <laughs> <laughs> The fact that they just left in him doing that, yeah. and like, I watch everything with closed captions because I can't he, I can't watch a movie without it. Um, and the fact that it literally just says, get across the bottom of the, with no, he doesn't finish the sentence, there isn't nope. anything. He just goes from like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, get. And then they just cut back to the fight is the funniest thing I've ever seen in a film, ever
2: no you're so right and I I love this scene I like just legitimately I love it because it just it brings me joy like this this scene to me is kind of the perfect example of why I enjoy this movie as much as I do because it has those ridiculous moments it's also pretty damn cool and we get the scene of like Anakin force pulling the other lightsaber and then doing the cross-handed dual decapitation it's one of those, one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a movie ever. And I know that it's ridiculous, and I know that it was just a little, a little kid being like, and and then the toys do this, and then and then he's decapitated. <laughs> but they just they had the balls to do it. They yeah,
1: land back into the Star Wars camp, man, which is what and, they needed to be doing. And this, like, because because the shock tea part was cut. This is the first moment where you watch this and you're like, oh, we're going down a road.
4: Uh-huh. This is
1: very different um you know obviously obi-wan comes back he sees you know he's about to see what happens but when he frees the when he frees the chancellor here and the chancellor is giving like his first talk where he's like hey look it's only natural you cut off your arm you wanted revenge remember what you told me about your mother in the sand this is this is like grooming
4: this is yes. the groomingest
1: of grooming he's like Hey man, no, I get it. You were angry and you flew you flew out of line. Remember that thing that you told me in confidence that only I know about what you did to those people? I understand it, I'll never tell anyone, but remember that I do know and I could. You know what I mean? Like this, Proper this, is, this is very good and McDermott plays it very, very well. Um, I do also like this moment here, even though the kid is dressed in black and decapitating people, The thing about Obi Wan, where his fate will be the same as ours. We're not going to leave him behind. This is my friend. I do still care. I'm already starting to get mixed up in the head, but at this point, I still do remember that why I started doing this was to protect the people that I love. Um, R2's wild ass side adventures.
3: Great. Absolutely. (laughs) 100% Hundred percent, just the best R two side adventures you could ask for. Because
1: while this is happening, it, we've got the stuff going on that we were talking about, where he's literally uh, immolating droids and like trying to like trying to hide. When we see him, they get caught in the ray shield, and and it's like, don't worry, I say patience. R two will, R two is still out there, and R two just comes slamming like, oh no! And I'm like, this is a good comedic moment.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I actually
1: love this moment. Um, R2 received a perfect over. balance
0: there right yeah. especially because Anakin is such like a like a pissy boy through all of this yeah. <laughs> his like softness for R2 I think is so important yeah mm-hmm. we're, we're, I, you, I you, do you, too
3: sorry go ahead.
2: Uh, just, just real quick, I was just gonna say it's like I, I think that uh, one of the bigger problems, one of the bigger problems of the prequels is their commitment to going back and being like, hey, remember C three PO? Well, Anakin actually built him, and R two's been there the whole time, and oh, Chewbacca's gonna hang out. We'll get to that in a second. Like all that type of stuff. I think like while of course creates the fan service hype moments uh, in theaters and stuff, creates problems where all of a sudden they're creating new character, uh, like traits of these characters that we know that they then need to double down on. So getting this, like, goofy R2, that we had a goofy R2 in the original trilogy, but it was a saucier R2, as opposed to, like goofy kind of weird shenanigans that i think we get in, introduced to mainly in attack of the clones yeah. where he's like jet setting around you know and the opening of this movie feels like they're doubling down on that like well it's because r2's like that it's like
1: well y'all made him like that and he wasn't before <laughs> yeah the the metroiding the sort of samus Aaroning of r2 where somewhere between the first trilogy and the second trilogy he loses all his weapons and stuff yep. is a little interesting uh, that you know, they, that's something that they do talk about a little bit where, where, um, as time goes by, uh, the maintenance that's done on R2 is less. Some of that uh, functionality is taken away or it doesn't work anymore. R2 is also like trying to keep a low profile at that point. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes on to explain it, but you're right. There does become the weight where it needs to be explained.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say, I think I'm okay with him having a little bit of a, you're not my dad energy though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Anakin was his boy. Anakin built him, and that bond never quite forms even between him and Luke. Uh, Because, like, as much as it was passed down and now he was Luke's droid, like, he wasn't Luke's droid, right? right? So the relationship that they have is not the same, and the things that he has been through and the things that he has seen through it, even though there's not necessarily supposed to be, like, emotions necessarily, I think that changes over time, and I'm okay with it.
1: Um, they are taken prisoner, of course, by Grievous. They decide that they're going to, they're going to go to the bridge with him. Um, one of my favorite things that I love is as they're brought into the bridge to face Grievous, one of the battle droids, like, walks by and goes, excuse me. Like, bumps against, <laughs> like, bumps against Toby. wan and just but it's goes, also, it's me. not
3: like a, like a, just a very flat, excuse me, it's like, excuse me, like, uh, I'm walking here. Come yeah. on! Don't you see me? I'm a droid. I exist here, and you're just gonna bump into <laughs> me like that? Like it's such. Yeah. A, it's just a specific level of sassiness where it's like, hell yeah! I love these droids, and I need an entire show about just I the sassiness the of these droids.
1: So um, we also get introduced to uh, the the IG-100 Magna Guards. Those are the droids that wear very cool torn capes and have oh, so uh, and have cool. the electric uh, have the electric staffs. Um, they are mostly used as Grievous's personal guard. Uh, you don't see them much uh, outside of that, but they're some of my favorites. I love them so much. Uh, and I'd they're like... all
2: over the the two D Clone Wars. Which mm-hmm. I mean, I just need to say it. Like, y'all watch this shit. Like, if it's been a while or if you've never seen it before, watch it. It is so damn cool. I would argue it is cooler now than it was then. Like, it's fucking oh. awesome.
1: Gendi Tartakovsky destroyed with that. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. The the Mace Windu episode of it is cool um the the big the big ba- uh duel but anyway um general grievous you're shorter than i expected i that's good it's good it's, star wars. Uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> it's good, good. but you know there is to me there is a little a lot of people die in this movie which does not happen as much in star wars and a lot of people make jokes immediately after people dying which is a little weird uh, yeah. It is Star Wars, but that to me is, like, the weirdest bits, is, like, the yeah. quipping immediately after somebody dies. He doesn't but- know how to
3: transition in between those, like, those darker moments and the, the quippy things. I do want to, you know, uh, just shout out, you know, because I think someone in the, the Patreon comments already uh, said this, of because of this very short interaction where it's implied of, like, Anakin and Grievous have not met each other whatsoever during uh, this war – Throughout the entire run of the Clone Wars show, which is seven seasons, Anakin and Grievous never interact with each other in an episode. They they make sure, even if they're in the same episode, that they never actually cross
1: paths. Which they is meet like, w- they meet one time at a masquerade ball, but they're both in costume. Yeah, they didn't know. <laughs> and they so didn't they know. didn't know. And they actually like they actually found out that they got along really well, and like they have I a lot in get- common. Yeah, they kissed a little bit, but uh, they didn't know. They know they never knew. Uh, if he can cough, he can kiss. That's it's what they say. Mono. That's what my doctor always says. If you can cough, you can kiss. What? He's General not a great Grievous doctor. coughs. He's why does a droid cough? Uh, because well, there's
3: a whole thing to Grievous. Yeah, he like, wasn't course, always a droid man. He was. I
1: know. know, but he is made of droid parts now. <laughs> He's made of droid and and just the most tired eyes you've ever seen. He just shouldn't needs- cough. This needs one nap, Grievous. Um, this fight in in the bridge of the Invisible Hand, I really love. I like watching the the Magna Guards fight. I like watching uh, the fact that Obi Wan and and Anakin sort of just planned for. Oh, well, we'll get more sabers. Things will happen. We're going to get our way out of this. We'll improvise. Uh, All the gravity
2: stuff. Like I'm a sucker for gravity stuff. I thought it was done really well in this. Like this, they did a good job with the pacing of the opening of this movie, going from the the star fight scene to into the ship to then this action scene. Like it kind of feels like, Oh man, you're already giving us another one. Like, thank you. This is pretty damn cool.
3: Yeah.
1: And Grievous taking out the, taking out the, the, the windshield, the starship windshield of his own, ship to take out these jedi is such a power move and i love it so much and it really sets the tone for this for grievous for this new villain that we're meeting we're like damn he can do that because he's mostly robot and tired eyes what how are they going to fight him um so i really i i just i think it's very good i my one of my favorite lines here as they're trying to sort of they're trapped on this ship it's falling apart grievous is like sayonara suckers they've got to, they've got to land this thing on coruscant and i love this line from obi-wan that's like can you fly this thing and anakin goes under the circumstances i'd say the ability to fly this thing is irrelevant yeah
3: <laughs> yeah which is just like, a, like a like almost like a very nerdy way to respond which i feel like is, is something that like is a very small aspect of anakin that we hardly ever get to see where it, it was almost like the um like, I, I I almost expected Obi-Wan to be, like, English, please, like, in that uh, in that sort of mm-hmm. way of just, like, how Anakin responds that way. It's fucking great.
1: Yeah. And I love, you, you do see, like, you know, throughout this, Obi-Wan is not comfortable with technology. Obi-Wan does, he can fly, and he's really good, but he's good because he's a Jedi. He's not good because he likes flying. And so seeing Anakin, like, kind of being in charge of this, like, grab that, pull up on that, let's go, we're coming in too hot. I love this. I love the introduction of, like, these flying fireman ships. That's really fun to me. Like, just these flying fire extinguishers as they're landing. And I think this landing shot, this crash landing shot, is so good. It's so
3: detailed. Like, the the building that it runs into and, like, how that collapses. And also, like, the, you know, they've got these firemen hosing down this enemy ship. Which like did they mm-hmm. was there communication at all of like hey, uh we're part of we're in grievous shit, and it but it's just us, so you don't have to worry about like enemies crash yeah. landing on this planet, uh y- you know we I cool. think if there's we're a cool. giant
1: fireball coming at your city, you kind of just like hose down the fireball, regardless, yeah, you know that's fair, that's fair, um, but I love it it ends with that perfect like they just skid up into frame, and then of course, you get another happy landing
3: with the. With the hair stroke, too, from Ewan McGregor. Yeah, just, oh, uh, my God.
1: Ewan McGregor starts off trying to play a young Alec Guinness, and at the end, just playing, like, a swashbuckling Errol Flynn, just, like, smooth-talking pirate. Like, I just... I love where he goes with Obi-Wan in this, you know?
0: Agreed. Um,
1: we're back in Coruscant. Uh, I love this exchange between the two of them, where they're both like, oh, no, you should definitely... You're the hero. You hang out in Senate all day. It's like, oh no, 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 no. You hang out in Senate all day. No, really. Um, and I do. This is the I, scene. Yeah, it's very cute. It's because they're joking about how neither one of them wants to be a part of it, but mm-hmm. Obi Wan is genuinely saying, "No, you're the hero. You did a lot today. You did this. You, you know, you saved me from from being shot down. You rescued the Chancellor. You landed the ship. You you're did this." Carrying me this. unconscious on your back. Hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think this is one of those other moments where, like, the pride that Obi-Wan feels for Anakin as a genuine sense of friendship that is not talking down to him, that isn't coming from this kind of, like, uh, good work champ perspective, just is like, nah, man, you freaking did it. Like, please yeah. take a moment to enjoy it. And him seeing the, like, darkness that Anakin carries around and his lack of ability to just enjoy a success at all um i think that was the part that i was like i think that's important again i think it's a moment that speaks to their friendship and it also speaks to obi-wan being like man you gotta lighten up a little bit like can't you just take a minute
1: yeah where's
0: some white
2: your closet's looking pretty pretty dark right now you know what i mean
0: yeah (laughs) i remember my mother saying (laughs) all of these things to me as a teenager
1: (laughs) um so uh they report on what went down uh Mace Windu says, "Don't worry, General. Uh, General Grievous will run and hide. He always does." And, I'll, and then, of course, we see as they're all walking off to Senate. Up comes Padme, and I'll tell you what—I do, dead. I do like. Look, clearly they're not hiding, which is a thing. <laughs> but they're they're in pretty plain view. I guess they're in the shadow of a column, but <laughs> it's 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 uh. Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
2: Oh, um, it's Buffy
0: the uh, Vampire Slayer hiding. Yeah. It's the way yeah. that you yeah. can be right in front of a window, but as yeah. long as you're not directly outside, you're fine. Or as long as there's a little awning, you can be in the sun.
1: Yeah, if he's got a, if he's got a parasol, <laughs> he could be a good, he could be a good vampire. Yeah. So.
3: But like also like uh, you know even though they're they're are they're hugging they're embracing they're kind of hiding again like uh, you know it's it's not a secret that they are friends with each other as well yeah and uh, again like a, appreciation for season seven of Clone Wars right like they kind of reinforce um, at the very beginning of that season like how long he's been gone from Coruscant like they have not seen yeah. each other in a very long mm-hmm. time
0: how long yeah. has it been do you know approximately like before
1: been, she had a baby like... bump yeah, it's been a few months. like they haven't seen each other in a while. And I think I do love everything up until... well, here's what I'm going to say. In this exchange, I do genuinely feel the the attraction and the chemistry between the two of them, which you don't always, you know, one of the one of the criticisms leveled against this these prequels is you don't always feel that. Uh, I think I think it is very strained. And it's not very realistic in attack of the clones at all. And George Lucas has said he had trouble with this relationship. He had trouble writing it. He had trouble making it feel natural. But I think in these scenes and in these moments where they're sort of where the actors are sort of given emotional beats to kind of grab onto, mm-hmm. you know, that are clear emotional beats, they respond in kind. And I do love the interaction between, Hayden and and Natalie here now when she says something wonderful has happened Annie I'm <laughs> pregnant the tone kind of changes a bit neither one of them I don't think yeah. understood knew what they were trying to get to in that moment
2: and, and that's it's weird because I think that uh I'll, I'm I'm pretty much right there with you and I think a lot of it has to do with the score as most of this movie even when things aren't particularly my favorite when it has such a great score underneath it, it carries it a bit more. And the across the stars love theme is like so damn good that I feel like anybody, any two people on screen and you play that music. I'm like, I believe yeah. they're in love. And like, I, I will say that Hayden Christensen and Allie Portman like push that to its limits. Like they really, really, really try for me to not believe in them. Um, but I feel like there are these moments every once in a while where like, I, I can see this. I believe this. I understand it. But then, yeah, the conversation about like, hey, I'm pregnant and the way he reacts, the way she reacts, I'm like, what the hell are they doing here?
0: That's the thing. I don't know how either of them feel about it. I have a much clearer idea of how she feels about it because he and I get what he was going for. What he was going for is, I'm scared. This is big. There are all of these implications that come along with this. I'm going to try and put on a brave face and pretend like I'm very excited for this. I get that that was the intention, but instead he goes, ha, "Huh, huh, huh, hmm? And he gives every emotion that his face can possibly offer in that moment. And I can't tell which one is real. They're all fake. It's so weird. It's such a weird interaction. And then he goes to like, this is a happy moment. Let's celebrate after just having been like,
2: shit. <laughs> like, fuck.
0: I mean, and I like, you just... genuinely can't tell. It doesn't feel like he's trying to cover that. There's, it's not in the performance. It goes away when he goes yeah. to the like,
1: I'm happy about this now. I try to remember that that Anakin at this point is 19 and Padme is 25. And I'm trying to think of like telling a 19 year old kid that he's a dad and how yeah. weird and how, what a weird alien he's going to be about that. You know what I mean? And I
0: don't think that he should be just excited because, again, there are huge implications to that as well mm-hmm. for him, you know, as a Jedi and all of this. I just think he's got to pick. I think he's yeah. just got to feel something, honestly.
1: Yeah. Uh, I get that. I totally get that. And this, of course, is a moment where it's like, this is where you say, cool, I'm not really, I'm not really meshing with the jedi anyway it's great we'll announce our relationship we'll be together i still know how to do cool know. force shit there's probably something for me to do out there yeah. i'll be i'll be good i've learned to trade the trade is making things float with my mind and i will go out You're and i will get a You're job you know I, you know I, I think i think this is where you first uh-oh Got a little, bit of, little bit of
0: internet troubles today, it sounds like.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> it this is the scene that trouble. you referenced earlier, Tim, though, uh, where Natalie Portman does brush out her fresh curls, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very bold move. Uh, <laughs> just...
3: This is the balcony <laughs> scene, right? Uh, and yeah. yeah. A fun, for our, our four-hour cut half of this conversation was cut out uh, when when they start getting into the yeah. you know um you know uh, so love has blinded you and he's like mm-hmm. i'm so in love so, with you it's like they just they cut, cut
0: one it. of Natalie portman's six lines for the extended <laughs> cut. But they <laughs> added they added deleted scenes two hours of content okay it's yeah, pretty cool
1: hold up we're about to get to the brushing her hair a 100 times on each side which padme padme does brush her hair quite a bit in this trilogy Uh, but to be fair she's got a good head of hair now that's what girls do that's what girls do and they love horses and what else do we know lip gloss (laughs) but before we get there we see uh grievous's cool ship that lands like bugs i like all the ships that land like bugs Mm -hmm. um his ship lands and he runs to go talk to darth sidious who could darth sidious be could it's be anyone. Unclear. You only see three quarters of his face. You know, it, I, that, that's the weirdest
2: thing is I, I was so unclear and I'm happy. I'm happy that they found a way to shock his fucking face to make him look <laughs> a little more disfigured. Just,
1: so, mm-hmm. just to make it clear. So I understood, oh, he's that guy. Well, he does have to eventually at some point look like that. Um, but it's like, I, I feel like that can be explained by
2: the dark side of the force. Yeah. Kind of just corrupts you over time or something sure. instead of
1: what they decided to do which is one of my sure. least favorite choices of this film. Oh, we'll get there and I love it for a million reasons. Um but this is where they talk about uh this is where you see like a real good chicken run from Grievous for the first time. He gets like yeah. that long shot where he comes mm-hmm. off and he's doing his like he looks like he looks like a bloodborne character running. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? He looks like mm-hmm. a he looks like he's from a souls game when he runs and I love it. Um so he's moving he's move the, move the separatist to Mustafar. Uh, the end of, you know, the end of the war is near soon. I will have a new apprentice, you know, because uh, Grievous is like, what about count Dooku? He's like, I got an even cooler, better. He's younger and cooler looking and he's so (laughs) rad and he's going to bring balance and you're, he's even better than Dooku. Dooku sucked. Um, just
0: head still rolling. And he's like, Oh, that guy never even
1: mattered. (laughs) Uh, Then we go back to Coruscant with uh, this is this is where I do have problems with the minimization of Padme and the the sort of infantilization of Padme in this film where we show in the second film, we show in the first and second film, first film, Child Queen, very familiar with being you know, a badass is what it is.
0: Being a fucking
1: badass. fucking set up Padme to be so cool. Oh, sorry. Hey, We're she right gets there half her shirt you,
0: whipped into a crop top and it's fine. Yeah,
1: she, she does. She does. That happens as well. <laughs> you know, but she becomes, she she's very politically involved. She understands what's going on in the galaxy. She is, and, and that sort of gets taken away from her more and more as she becomes like just the object of Vader's obsession um and and I will say that I don't like that. I do like I kind of like this conversation here that they have, uh, and that you're so beautiful. it's only because I'm so in love, no, it's because I'm so in love with you. Uh, this is the Shakespearean exchange that I'm talking about. like this feels very like Twelfth Night or midsummer Night. String yeah, they even put
0: it on a balcony, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's so good. and like, and because the two of them are actors, they're like, oh, I think I know what this scene is, and even yeah. though like the style of this dialogue is different than you're used to in Star Wars. I think it's fun because it's so Shakespearean. Uh, and that's that's why I like it.
0: But, I don't dislike this exchange at all. I actually think that this moment between them is very sweet. And I think the way that it feels different from Star Wars could be seen as intentional in that this is their little sneak away moment and their break from the Star War. Um, this isn't supposed to be happening. This isn't how they're supposed to behave. None of this is placed within the universe, we understand, because it is a breaking of the rules. Um, and I think that that's very cool. But this does start an incredible arc where for the next approximately almost two full hours, Natalie Portman will only exclusively talk to Anakin.
1: And ask questions about how Anakin is feeling and what Anakin is going to do. And um, this is so far from passing. Worst.
2: Go for it.
0: This is so far from passing the Bechdel test. It like it doesn't check a single box. To pass the Bechdel test, you only have to pass one of those marks, and it doesn't pass a single one of them.
1: Yeah, uh, it's this is a bummer, and we'll talk more about some of the stuff that was taken away from Padme and Barrett. You can certainly speak to that uh, as you've been rewatching stuff. But there's a lot of Padme that was uh, that was changed as they were recutting this film and reshooting this film, and I and I think that the character did suffer heavily for it. Uh, this is where we get our first dream sequence in all of star wars and it's really problematic i
2: think to the yeah. the core concept of like i know a lot of people joke about midichlorians and it's like oh episode one kind of ruined the idea of the force and all that stuff and like to the extent i i i'm with them on that but i think that this is really where it started jumping the shark in a way where it's like so i understand that the prequels for all their issues have this overarching story with emperor palpatine kind of controlling everything behind the scenes and it's his rise to power and it's an actually really cool story if you were to just tell people like the highlights and cut all the bullshit, but just talk about palpatine's kind of rise and what he did and the trade federations and all that's like this is way more involved than i would have ever thought star wars would be mm-hmm. but then for it to culminate in so many seemingly random things having to happen and resulting in padme being pregnant going to have the kid, Anakin getting these visions, and then Palpatine knowing about this and playing on that information with him with the whole opera scene we get to later, it's like, I hate that all of it could be written away and logically like, oh yeah, well he just kind of like made that all happen uh, in his head to Anakin. It's like, well, we don't see that. So this comes off as like very, you're writing to just to to write yourself out of another hole to write yourself into the next plot point. and I, I just really don't like that,
1: yeah. we get into we definitely get into a moment into some stuff here where, um where the characters stop interacting with each other like like normal people will will. These conversations begin to turn into conversations that that sort of advance the plot more. and and you're you're right, even though Palpatine is very is just so 10 out of 10 perfect in this film. We have not seen this sort of thing from him. We do not get any idea of the scope of his power until sort of act three of this film. And we're missing that. We're missing these machinations. We're missing, we're missing the witches over the cauldron. You know what I mean? If this is going to be Shakespearean, show me a little bit of what of what these guys are doing other than yeah. move this guy over here. Show me mm-hmm. a little bit more of this power in action and show me some more of your influence over people. And I, I totally get what you're saying. And it's interesting
3: too because, you know, they play it up throughout this entire prequel trilogy. Like, all right, you, you know Palpatine is the bad guy. Like, you, you know this guy from episode six and we're going to, like, have fun with that. But then, like, when it comes to actual, like, you know, plot points and, like... Character arcs and stuff like that, and like uh, things that would help actually progress in the plot and not be reductive for mm-hmm. things. Like, they don't play with that at all. Like, let's get an, uh, you know, a 10 out of 10 Ian McDermott uh, scene where he's like putting the dream into Anakin, and shit like that. And like, yeah, uh, you could have had fun with that, but like, when you know. Those moments just, matter to play with that. They didn't take those chances, which I just find again. I, I Lucas needed, you know, not a bunch of yes men helping well, make this. Especially
1: movie. like this movie. in a movie that talks so much about like figuring out what the nature of the mysterious dark side of the forces. Uh, we know that the light side is about into. We know that the light is about intuition. It's about uh, sort of like the manipulation of objects. You can manipulate people, but you try not to. Like we we've seen what the light side sort of shows itself as. You know, in the original trilogy, we see the dark side as like a little bit of lightning, and uh, you throw air conditioners at your son. You know, so like we don't know the extent of it yet. Showing some of these more manipulative powers, I think, would have been a very cool way to go. And they do, they do go more into the nature of the Force and the dark side and how the dark side can use its powers in the Clone Wars, in things like the Mortis series and and stuff like that. So um, it does get explained later, and a lot of these things, you know, with hindsight and with with the additional canon. Do become better, you know. But we're talking about the movie on its own here. This is, of course, the dream of uh, Padme screaming for help and dying. Uh, Anakin gets up in bed. It shows off a sweet fucking hero shot of that robot arm, man. Yeah, I know this scene's not yeah. about that. Really. I know that scene's not about that. But when he gets up and he's like, "Oh, I had a bad dream," and it's with a robot arm, I'm like, Fuck,
3: and this robot arm, ridiculously yeah. big pecs that, like, they, I don't think we ever see ever again but besides this hopefully shot,
1: again we will
3: yeah hopefully. It's just hopefully. like jesus christ this is a this is a shot uh, right here
1: yeah and in, and in you know in in direct opposition to those giant pecs can you believe how much how much muscle mass thor lost to be in this movie when she comes out to the when she comes out to the to the porch their cool porch with all their philips hue lights um <laughs> she comes out and thor has lost like 40 to 50 pounds of muscle Um, this is sort of the last, the last scene where we see what I think up until the end is a little bit of Padme acting like an autonomous adult in a relationship saying things like how long is it going to take for us to be honest with each other? Right. This is where she's saying like, no, if the more you hide from me, the harder this gets, you know, and there is something to this where it's like, I understand how scarring your childhood was. I understand your, I, I understand your instinct to retreat, but we're married now. I'm going to have your kid. How long is this all going to be secrecy and lies? Um, you know, and that's where they get into, and she finally asks, like, hey, if you're so worried about this, if you really believe this is going to happen, do you think Obi-Wan would be able to help us? And he says, we don't need his help.
0: Which is wild, because at this point, he hasn't really been offered anything yet so Mm -hmm. why are you already saying we don't need obi-wan's help obi-wan's been nothing but dope as hell to you so like if that line came after some of the kind of like insidious manipulation like a little further along in the relationship with palpatine i would understand but at this point you're just kind of being rude to obi-wan for no reason
3: yeah i think
1: this is Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Barrett.
3: Uh, Like we're saying, like in the context of just this movie, it makes absolutely no sense. You know, when they're quippy buds, they're the best of fucking buds. But again, like bringing in the full context, right? Like the last time, you know, Anakin saw um, someone go to the Jedi Order when, you know, they were down in the dumps and, you know, things were not going their way was when Ahsoka got kicked out of the Order and then, you right. know, had to do everything she could and with him to prove her innocence. And then they were like, oh, well, you know, this was your, you know, this was your Jedi Knight training. Oops, that's on us. Uh, and that's why she eventually leaves. And so, you know, yeah. again, yeah. like, they do everything they can in that show to, like, help, uh, like, boost this, uh, these these moments up of, like, in, you know, realistic yeah. in the but canon. I think like, he could... he's like... I don't know if I can trust them with this.
1: Yeah, and I think they even within just the context of this movie, we already know we already know his how much how much pride he has. We already know how much he wants to be a Jedi master. We oh already know God. how much he wants Obi-Wan to see him as an equal and he just, you know, just I'm trying to put myself back into this like you're 19 and you're just like 22. confused. Beautiful He's 22 19. now in this yeah. one? Okay. He's 22 in this one. Then never mind. Everything is done. <laughs> nope. Yeah, gross. Is- no, bullshit. Oh, no. I-, I still try to think about this like he just doesn't want to he doesn't want to tell Obi-Wan anything that will make Obi-Wan disappointed in him. You know? And I and don't I do think, get that. I just I think I don't know. I don't know. It gets a little lost, but I think that's the motivation here. Uh he yeah. does go he does go to see Yoda though. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does talk to Yoda about premonitions. Here we get some of some of Yoda's best, best, best Yoda lines. I love this, and I also love the lighting of this scene. They do yeah. a lot of great stuff where they constantly keep Anakin in this film half in the dark. Mm-hmm.
0: of real foreshadowing.
1: It's beautiful. This is this has got the, those Roger Deakins blinds, even though it's in the future. Yeah. They got space blinds. I, I love that they're sitting in front of the space blinds and, and, you know, Anakin says, but what if, what if this is true? How do I stop it? And Yoda just says, Hey, people die. The fear of loss is the path to the dark side. You know, mourn them. Do not miss them. Do not train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. And Yoda's trying to tell him here, you're going to make this happen. Right. This is, this will be you making this happen. Um, and of course, Anakin doesn't understand that. Anakin doesn't listen. He's a little too in his feels. Right. But also, this is this is one of those moments where it's like, I am, I'm sort of glad that they push Yoda to the other end of the of the galaxy in the middle of this film, because after a conversation like that, you would think that Yoda would would inform everybody to like, hey, we need to like not just box this kid out but we need to keep an eye on him and make sure that we are protecting him because he's sort of beginning to slip you know which is something that yoda would would i think do from what we yeah. know of yoda but, uh,
3: but again it like harkens uh, back to the whole like the jedi order kind of losing their way of like even the you know i think yoda is almost a little bit misguided in the scene of like the more them do not miss them do not like you know that's I, I feel like that's so antithetical to what you know Luke learns in you know the the uh, original trilogy and that's what Yoda tries to teach Luke he's like you know don't don't get hung up on your friends and stuff like that but then you know you see Luke's arc uh, be about you know it, it becomes a very anime thing where my power comes from my love for my friends and it's the mm-hmm. best shit ever and I, I and I love that you know uh, Lucas was trying to acknowledge that of like hey like. This little green man that everybody adores, you know, he gets some shit right, but, you know, there are some very key things he gets wrong that, like, leads to them fucking up this dude's life and their lives.
1: Yeah. And they're distracted. There's a war on. Things are happening. Everybody's busy. Uh, So when he doesn't get the uh, advice that he wants from the little green man, he goes to his other...
0: While Anthony's gone, I'm just going to talk. Uh, that totally has, like, a confessional vibe, right? Like, I think that that's what they did yeah. with the, like, yeah. the slats in it. I think that they mm-hmm. really created a space confessional. Uh, and in that moment, it is Preacher Yoda.
1: Yeah. Yes, 100%. I'm going to hear my I... confession. Do your penance. I have nothing <laughs> more to say. Right. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly.
1: Get your head right with God. Uh, <laughs> and when Anakin doesn't like that, he goes to see his other buddy, uh, Palpatine who says walk with me in a circle around my circle room and we'll talk (laughs) please please
2: let's look dude the amount of shots in this movie that are two people I know everyone's talked about this already that it's just two people walking and and that's all the movie is Mm -hmm. it's more than that it's two people walking stopping together turning and then walking another direction and then turning and just walking another direction within a space Then it, if you follow their paths, it makes no sense why anyone would walk that way, let alone multiple people all having this understanding of stop and not turn and go. it's so bizarre
0: you know uh, sometimes you know, you're, you're just walking, walking. <laughs> Maybe
1: it's space, man, yeah,
2: you're right. you're right. These are space <laughs> rules we're dealing with very different
1: uh, right. <laughs> but of course, Palpatine gives him gives him a little bit of the uh, of the things that he wants to hear which is like hey man they you know i trust you i understand you you know the jedi they they're not listening to you but listen i want to give you a little a little promotion for being a good boy i want you to be the eyes the ears and the voice of the republic on the council for me you're gonna be my personal rep on the council and even Anakin at this point goes uh, do you have any jurisdiction over the Jedi Council like are you allowed to do that? I would imagine
3: <laughs> because they're so involved in the um, you know in the army and like essentially mm. being uh, generals and stuff like that like I, I imagine he does in wartime especially like have yeah. some sort of say right
1: but you know that the council is not gonna like that because the council is like my guy. Keep out of our council. This and is council business. In the scene immediately before this, that very, very short scene in between the two that we
0: talked mm-hmm. about. He literally just passes by Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan's like, hey, be careful with Palpatine, and that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's totally. it. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like, hey man, I don't like that dude. And, you know, Anakin just being like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has
0: no reason not with Obi I understand doing it with the council but specifically with Obi-Wan who's like just doing his best
2: yeah and I, I don't want to dwell on this too much because I know it's just like it sounds like I'm just being negative and like nitpicking everything but I think the problem is like the whole story like we had to do the Palpatine thing right he is behind mm. everything and like every single event he kind of has to have his hands in to get us where we know we need to be which is Anakin turning into Darth Vader the prequels right solely exist for that storyline of Anakin becoming Darth Vader. That's why I think it's so bizarre they make some of the choices they do of making the Jedi not the good guys. They're kind of bad, and this whole idea of attachments are bad and all that stuff. All of that is just to serve the plot of Palpatine needing to meet up with Anakin and and connecting on the dark side stuff, and it just gets convoluted in a way where it's like, Okay, I understand that like, you're making the story the Jedi aren't what we think they are. But why did you make that decision if it was going to be this convoluted and yeah. weird? Where we're watching this and we're like, even given the rules you've given us, Anakin and Obi Wan should be getting along a little bit better. Like, and it, it could all be written away with Palpatine was corrupting Anakin. But it's like yeah. that
3: sucks. And again, that's why like I, I I constantly say of like if he had just uh, Lucas had just been like, you know, what? I'm not going to make another trilogy movie. I think that like the, the uh, amount of complexities here need to be written into like a, a, almost a show format to give us the time to build all of these ideas. They, yeah. he had way too many things that he was trying to bol- boil they down tried to, into they, three. They had a lot movies. of ideas.
1: They had a lot of ideas for three movies. Um and and they, you know, some of the stuff that they you know, they they didn't do a great job, I think, in, in a lot of in a lot of moments of paring that down. Um when we get to the council. Yoda of course does not like this. Mace Windu says, "You're on the council, but we do not grant you the rank of master." Anakin immediately throws a hissy fit, showing why he's not yet a Jedi master. <laughs> catches himself doing it and goes, "I'm sorry, master." Okay, I'm going to sit down. And it's like <laughs> and it's like, Oof. even Obi- like, Obi- like Obi-Wan looks at him in this moment and is just like, dude, embarrassing. Come on. Come on. There's like there's only so on. many
2: seats you in this little me. room
1: did that I feel, like feel did that feel right as you were doing it my guy like you've got that you've got that look yeah. on obi-wan's face where he's like trying to keep it together uh, some of my, my my two other notes about this scene are just kai adimundi owns
2: oh yes for sure 100% i
1: love his giant weird head and his cool smart beard and i love him and he's perfect and also what about the droid attack on the Wookiees, which is one of my favorite lines <laughs> in all of Star Wars, because it comes out of nowhere. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? And I, I'm sitting in the audience the first time going, oh shit, there's a droid attack on the Wookiees <laughs> on oh, next nice order of business. We got we definitely mundi's right. We gotta do something. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's funny,
2: though, because like that, it it does stick out like such a sore thumb. And it's because they only put that in there to have the weird fan service. No, what happened
3: is that they were talking about they were trying to start the topic of the droid attack on the Wookiees. And then Anakin came barging in being like, hey, Palpatine wants me to be a Jedi master and on this council. And they're like, fuck, now we got to deal with this. All right. You're on this council, but you're not a master. He has his hissy fit all right, guys, what about this fucking droid attack on these goddamn Wookiees, okay? Yeah. Can we yeah. please get back to the droid attack on the Wookiees? <laughs> they
0: really but looked like- at his fit and they went, okay, so anyways
2: yeah yeah exactly like we gotta talk about like how we can possibly make yoda and chewbacca meet because that's that's what we're gonna do now uh, <laughs> right. but it's funny and i know that it's very different and we're we're decades away from this movie coming out and just movies are made differently now but in endgame when it happens and it starts off and you're like oh man five years have passed and we have this group of people talking and they've been trying to do their best with the state of the world and then they reference like oh there's been some like earthquakes in uh around wakanda mm-hmm. or whatever it's like just kind of teasing things and you hear it and you're like oh that's kind of cool Had they just been like yeah those like droids are attacking the Wookiee home planet Kashyyyk. it's like oh cool Wookiee, i know what that is like i i see what they're doing here they're they're connecting it to world yeah. elements that i know but instead they're like no no, no we're gonna spend multiple minutes like mul- tens of minutes of our runtime of this movie on getting yoda and freaking chewbacca to hang out
1: well it's it's also about getting Yoda far enough away, right it, you, It's about the splitting up, and this is part of palpatine's plan it's part of it, it's split the Jedi Council up as best you can, so they cannot work together and they do not have each other to rely on um so from that from that perspective, I do see it uh, something that was cut originally Yoda uh does not go to kashique uh. And uh, uh, Obi-Wan does not go to Utapau before Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Mace Windu all talk about Palpatine and the Jedi Temple. And they actually say, it's possible that Palpatine is this Sith Lord that we're looking for. And Yoda says, look, that may be true, but he's now the most powerful person in the galaxy, and we better have proof if, we're gonna, if we are uh, going to God. say that why would
0: they cut that that is that could have that would have filled so many holes for me in this movie Mm -hmm. when you have people like yoda and you have people like obi-wan all of these extremely powerful jedi masters and people can stand in the room with a sith lord and just be like i don't know what's up with that guy no. Yeah, no, of and course.
2: especially even adding all of the Clone Wars and adding all of the, the extra content here, it's like we see that when something happens, these characters feel it through the force. Like Barrett was talking earlier. We hey. see Darth Maul feel it. We see all this like constantly in the Star Wars franchise, in every iteration we've seen, when something bad's going on, every character that is of a certain power level is like, oh shit, something bad's going on. Right. And like, it's just so weird that they they treat it like this big mystery up until the very last minute. Like it almost <laughs> feels like, I know it's a little before this, but it almost feels like Mace Windu has to be reflecting the lightning back to Palpatine before everyone's like, oh, okay. He's <laughs> standing like,
0: there over him like, wait
1: a minute. It's definitely him. <laughs> yeah. now- Ripping the mask off Scooby-Doo style. <laughs> Now we do get in this scene a little bit of something that serves the same purpose as that conversation. You know, Obi-Wan catches up to Anakin and is like, Hey man, I know they didn't make you a master, but nobody as young as you has ever been on the temple before. Obi-Wan is like, if you've ever been young at a big company or something, and you've got that, you've got that person who sees your talent and they're like, no, it's all coming. And I know this is run poorly, but if you be patient I promise it will happen. You're young and you don't understand how the industry works, but this is very good for you. And of course you're young and you go, fuck you. This is garbage. I deserve the promotion. This is that conversation right now. Totally. And he's saying, and look. You just said that so
2: well though, Carvoni. I appreciate <laughs> that. Because it's like, again, talking about these movies, I think that we we can make them better in some ways. And I think that there's there are bones here. There are things mm-hmm. to kind of build upon. I just find it frustrating that Anakin's story of the first movie was – sorry bro you're too young and now the story of this one is sorry bro like you know it's like what how is this still the same type of like because look at how large
1: your head is and how many beard you have to have before you can be on the jedi council his head is neither large enough nor is his beard full enough i I sorry i said it backwards i
2: meant episode one was he's too old and then episode three he's too
1: young is what i was trying to say well he's too old to be trained too young for the council always a bridesmaid Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And they made the rules.
0: (laughs) I've got what I think is maybe a Jedi Council hot take. Maybe it's not. I don't like Mace Windu. I think Samuel L. Jackson Mm. is terrible in this movie. I think he is distractingly bad. And every time he speaks, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man, are you reading it off of cue cards?
3: Yeah, Have you
0: never seen the script? You didn't see the last two movies. You didn't watch them back. You had no interest in remembering what your character was about. You had no interest in knowing your lines.
3: It's, and that's what, that's usually my example of when I talk about of, like, people want to, like, throw Hayden Christensen under the bus, uh, Natalie Portman, who we know is a great, fantastic fucking actress, and, you know, I don't think it's any of the fault of the actor's. The guy who directed all 3 of these movies is a robot and who does not know how to direct people. He took himself off of
1: Empire. All right. <laughs> he took himself
3: off of directing Empire and Jedi because of his experience with Star Wars and him not understanding how to deal with these 3 kids he cast in his like experimental sci-fi, uh, like, startup movie, and he was like, I can't, like, I can't keep being, like, on the human side of the directing stuff. And, the f- like, and that's why I make the argument of, like, it's not, you know, Christensen's fault. It's not, um, you know, all of these actors' fault. Because... Yeah. George Lucas doesn't know how to direct people. When you make uh, Samuel L. Jackson, the guy who fucking I'm, yells, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane, the most boring person in your <laughs> so fucking stiff. trilogy, that's not on the actors. That's on George Lucas.
0: Here's what I will say. I think Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman and every other actor in this movie performs better than Samuel L. Jackson does. I think every performer in this movie uh, does better than Samuel L. Jackson Throughout every is, line that he reads sounds like he is speaking for the first time ever. <laughs> it is wild to me. Yes, he is Mace Windu slander because yes, I think Mace
1: Windu sucks. I'm, I'm sorry. moving on now. Mace Windu, now Mace Windu sucking is a different thing, and we can talk about that. But I will Mace not take Windu this. Sucks,
0: and Samuel L. Jackson sucks as Mace Windu. Uh,
1: the scene ends. She's not wrong. <laughs> the scene ends with Anakin being asked by Obi Wan to be a little secret spy boy. And now Anakin's been asked to be a little secret spy boy by both sides, and he is torn. Uh, now, Mace Windu, who apparently sucks, says, <laughs> uh, <laughs> says it's very dangerous putting them together. I don't think the boy can handle it. I don't think the boy can handle being in such in such close proximity to the Faustian man. Uh and then they go. Well, wait—is he not the chosen one? And Yoda goes, "Well, you know, you can misread prophecies, my guys. And there's there's more than one way to bring balance to the Force,
0: which is so ah! important. I love this.
3: <laughs> and I love that. Like they've known about this kid for a long time. Qui Gon Jinn picked up this kid, has this inkling mm-hmm. that he might be this kid, referencing this prophecy. And what is it? How old is he in in uh, Phantom Menace? He's like nine. Right.
0: Yeah. 13 oh, yeah, I think, years yeah, later, I they
3: finally are like, maybe we read
1: that prophecy wrong. You know, that's like so what? Funny. <laughs> now, what you No, because I think what Yoda is saying here is, oh, he's going to bring balance, but we don't, we don't know what that means. I still think we're- that's
0: misreading the prophecy. It's yeah, not misreading as in it's a different kid. It is yeah. him, but they made a lot of assumptions filling in that's the gap the of that prophecy.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, we know he's the kid we know that something is going to balance out the Force. We did not stop to ask what that meant. <laughs> We've always read it this one particular way, because remember, this whole, this whole trilogy is about the Jedi being stuck in their ways. And uh, being, able to, being able to not sense that the Jedi temple on Coruscant is actually built on top of a massive Sith temple, which also is not brought up in these films, but like, <laughs> it's pretty important. Like, it's, in you know, looking back, the fact that the shrine in the depths is down there under Coruscant, and it's kind of the reason Coruscant and the Jedi Temple thrived so much is because of the energy of this. Anyway, moving on. Um, What I'm saying is there are reasons for it all. And once again, we love the expanded canon.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Um, So then we get a conversation between our two star-crossed lovers these young secretly married romeo and juliet i think the war is destroying the principles of this republic yeah. and what if the republic is evil asked natalie portman turning and looking directly at us in the year 2022 through the camera yeah. just like do you understand do you understand what we were saying back okay 17 no? years right. ago yeah okay right. We All want right. to talk about how
3: this guy, you know, was able to to profit off of you know the uh, complications of modern politics and then rose to power.
0: Hmm. Hmm. It's almost like Padme's always had a again. Point. Lucas had the
1: son.
3: he had the <laughs> ingredients there, y'all. He was so close. Uh,
1: and of course, this ends once again with the with with Padme. Don't shut me out. Let yeah. me help you
0: in her worst hat. In
1: her, well, oh. she didn't have time to fully yeah. brush her hair.
0: I just think like like Padme looks are everything. The yeah. women of the galaxy serve on a level that no other franchise does, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. um, they dropped they dropped this one a little bit. For Is this me. the one oh. where
3: her she kind of has the Leia buns a little bit? She has. High a- up
0: she has the leia buns when they reconnect uh, immediately when he comes back from the war and they haven't seen each other in months that's gotcha. her leia buns okay. uh okay. this one she's smaller buns and she has like a brown tiara essentially that covers the majority of the top of her head in a very strange way it almost blends into her hair but it's metal
1: hmm. it's not a choice it's fine it's it's one of the more interesting choices yeah um Anakin chewing on this, uh, this stuff that his his wife has supposed, but not really, heads to the theater, uh, to meet a politician because nothing bad can happen to a politician at the opera, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where everybody is Almost apparently seen. everybody is just, apparently pondering their orb. Dude, <laughs> this is
2: the moment of the movie that if you've made it this far in, you're just like, <laughs> I am in, yeah. I'm in, guys. Like they've got their committing to what this is and it is what it is
3: yeah. you either
2: you either decided you hate what Star Wars it is at this point or is you McDermid. love this
3: shit. yeah it, it, it is it completely is. Ian mcdermid were they used this line one of these lines in the trailer again granted you know we didn't know at the time of the quality of this movie but the trailer for you know uh rise of skywalker like ha- like pulled some of that stuff um the like whole unnatural line like oh so good There's again so when you talk about stuff. the teasing of like how little we know about like what the dark side has access to of what that shit can do just like the little tidbits here is, oh, it's
1: so good yeah so he uh good boy palpatine is watching the drone orb because <laughs> it's just it's just like this weird droning But like, if you look at the orbs of water that are floating, there's some sort of like rhythmic swimming gymnastics thing that's sort of happening. But there, it's just, the music is just this drone and people are just staring unmoving at this orb. This is a very unsettling scene and I enjoy it a lot. Um, Palpatine goes, it goes, hey, I have good news. Come closer. Everybody leave us. Grievous is hiding in the Utapau system. This is great. This is wonderful news. And then he says, you know, they start talking. He goes, come sit next to me. He goes, oh, they asked you to spy on me, didn't they? Oh, I didn't want, it. I didn't want to do this to you, but I am afraid I'm just going to have to tell you the truth of the Jedi. And the thing is, they want control of the Republic. They clearly... They clearly want to take over the Senate and remove me from power and they want to run everything and they want to have a totalitarian regime and boy, oh boy, it's bad. Boy, oh boy, it's bad. And you don't like spying, do you bud? You don't like spying. And Anakin goes, you know, I got to admit, I got to admit it made me feel bad when they asked me to spy. And he goes, I know, I know. Ew, so gross. It's a shame they don't like huh. you the way I like you. You my special little guy. <laughs> By the way, just you know, just to let you know, if you did perhaps theoretically know someone who was going to die, maybe the dark side was the would be the only thing that could save them. Maybe. Do you like the drone orb? Because I know the drone orb. I can get you a signed 8x10 of the drone orb when all this is over. (laughs) Who's your buddy? Who's your pal? (laughs) So, like,
2: real talk, what is the explanation of him knowing about Anakin's situation right now?
1: Um, Now, he he does not. He is simply bringing up a conversation about good and evil, right? Because Anakin says, but the Jedi are good people. And he says... Hey, good's a point of view. You know, here's the thing about the dark side of the force. You know, the Jedi are so locked into their own thing. They don't know what kind of stuff the dark side can do. Yeah. I think Did you knows. ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? And he uses, I thought not. You, you know, he,
3: he uses that story um to t- kind of compare them of like their pow- like they're like scared for losing power. Essentially. Yeah, that's how he's I... that's how he subtly transitions over to like, you know, you can I save see Tim's face.
0: <laughs> Tim's face is like, what do you mean he doesn't know? Because does he... I absolutely think he knows. I agree. No, he does uh, know, he but he's acting like he doesn't. He's acting like he doesn't, but like but very poorly. Well, because he's uh, the so... one
3: that's putting the dreams of um, Padme
1: dying into Anakin's mm-hmm. uh, head. But once again, what Tim is saying, Barrett, is yeah. that's an assumption that you're making. You cannot get that information from the film.
3: No, that's 100%. That's correct. Yeah, Yeah, no, so that is... I'm actually,
2: like, all bullshit aside, I'm trying to clarify here. Mm -hmm. In any of the extended canon, in anything that we know from this movie or otherwise, are we supposed to be under the assumption that Palpatine is putting these visions into the mind of Anakin about his wife, who is pregnant and who is going to die? Yes. (laughs) Because... Is is there anything that confirms that?
0: Yeah, because there's nothing in this movie that ever gives us any reason to believe that. Is there anything in the extended canon that does? Or is that something that fans are guessing? I this is. Look,
3: I could have sworn that that was either in okay. a comic or something. I'll, I'll, Got it. I'll, do- I'll double check In addition
0: source. to this, I mean, I think it's obvious how he would know at least that Padme is pregnant and know to prey on that. It's because he is a significantly stronger and better force user than all of the Jedi. And when there's a, a Jedi around in, you know, literally, like, in this pregnant woman, he can sense it because Jedi are supposed to be able to. In every reasonable sense, you're supposed to be able to sense when something is changing within the Force. So it would make yeah. perfect... It would it would absolutely explain everything to me. I have no qualms with him being able to identify, like, she pregnant with some Jedi mm-hmm. from afar. A thousand percent. You could feel that. How every other Jedi in the world currently can't... <clears throat> Not so much.
1: Right. Um. There are... There are allusions to, like, in there was like a book about like the essential guide to the force where it talks about how, how Sidious was sort of giving mall dreams. There was some stuff. um, There was some stuff in the revenge of the Sith novelization where they, they specifically say that like, like Palpatine will say things to Anakin and Anakin will describe it in his head as it sounds like a voice out of my dreams. It sounds like it came to like, so there's, there's definitely like, there's definitely a lot of stuff and and there's just stuff where like being around the emperor longer and longer it's been shown like will influence you more and more because he does have like yeah. it's like a jedi mind trick but he can like just subtly just keep keep putting stuff in your head so you know i just feel like
2: i just feel like it would have made a lot of sense in the same way we saw the yoda confessional if we also saw a confessional with palpatine and then Ooh. then it's like totally clear. We would totally understand. Oh, he told Palpatine about dreams. He even told more detail. So he's yeah. telling him that he's scared about the child death because then the Darth Plagueis, the wise conversation makes sense of why he's bringing it up. Like if something bad would happen to people, then they
1: die. We could bring them back. Like otherwise that comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. But please continue. Um, so meanwhile, in James Cameron's avatar,
4: uh,
1: <laughs> 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 on Kashyyyk, uh, we see some of these, these are some of my favorites. It's the Oavar jet catamarans. It's the bug ships that they have on Kashyyyk that look like dragonflies and stuff. Oh, the
2: Tarzan yell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got, uh, we've got this, uh, Yoda is kind of watching this, this hologram. And so is Kyate Mundi of Anakin saying, Hey, uh, the chancellor has requested that I lead this campaign to Utapau. And, uh, Everybody's like, "Uh, the chancellor can get fucked because once again, he's not a member of the council." Uh, and you just had a hissy fit. Uh, so why don't we why don't we send Obi-Wan? Why don't we send out Obi-Wan on this one? And Anakin gets a, a little bummed, and then we get to see some of this Battle of Kashyyyk where we do get the Tarzan yell of the Wookies as they swing out over the water. So good. I love this sequence. It's just this is some 1930s, 1940s pulp comic book, Republic serial, giant freaking Bigfoots against bug robots that float up from the sea. And I love every moment of it. And, I, and I every love,
3: moment. I love the shot. I remember like learning of the making of shot where all of them like get up. It's just like the same 10 uh, dudes in the same like Wookiee outfits where they would like they would uh, do the reaction and then they would move move. over and then do it again. And then like move over and do it again. So like, if I, I, if you pause there, you could probably like, Oh yeah, those were like the same 15 Wookiees over and over again, which is just so good.
1: I love it. It looks so good. Uh, we go back to that. We go back to, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan is Obi-Wan is leaving. And Anakin says, Hey, I've been arrogant and I apologize. Now, this is basically Anakin not doing any of that. This is Anakin being like, the Emperor is right. He's not the Emperor yet, but I hope one day he will be, because you suck. I'm going to find out information from you about what you're doing. Uh, But Obi-Wan turns around and says, "Um, you are strong and wise, Anakin, and I'm proud of you.
3: His last words. Before seeing him again, when he's already turned, his last words to Anakin Skywalker.
1: That's true. You're, yeah, you're he strong says, uh, and wise,
0: uh, and he says goodbye, old friend. May the Force, uh, goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. I think it's like his proper exit. Yep. Like old friend, stop my heart.
2: Yeah. I his got last words you're
3: saying that to so. Anakin Skywalker before he meets Darth Vader.
0: Uh,
1: goodbye, old friend, is so <clears throat> foreshadowing. Um, and this is where we this is man, we get so many Tamora Morrisons in this next shot that I oh, got, we do. I mean, it's,
2: like we all just watch Book of Boba Fett, right? So we yeah. are intimately familiar with him in a way that I don't think we ever have been before. And <laughs> seeing this movie like right now, I'm like, it is a trip and a half, man.
1: Too many Tamora Morrisons, too many Morrisons. <laughs> um one of my favorite things about this, you know, this is Obi-Wan's about to uh take his little take his little space scooter into the jump ring and he does this thing right before he does it where he reaches across his body to hit a switch and there's something about the way he does it where every time I watch it, I think he's going to pull back a little snack. Like he's not like he's not eating, like he's not flipping a switch. He's reaching into like a he's keeping his steering arm and he's reaching in and he's going to pick I just I think Obi-Wan snacks while he's in the ship. I just believe he does. I would. Uh, (laughs) uh, But I love this. This is, we're going, we're going to, we're we're about to head off to Utapau. He's, of course, talking to the commander. We've got Commander Cody, who, of course, becomes one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars canon, thanks to the Clone Wars. Uh, Just a good boy, Commander Cody. Uh, But then we jump, much like we're jumping through a gate with a jump ring. To Anakin's second dream, where Obi Wan is saying, "Save your strength, Padme." Ooh. <laughs> what the hell?
3: So, so you know, uh, one of the Patreon, uh, one of the trogs in the 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 chat here uh, was kind of Some like. Trogs. I feel like they were trying to force this weird love triangle thing, and then someone else responded like, "No, there was no way that they were doing that." But there was a little bit of like. You know, the implications that, you know, the, the the insecurities that, you know, Anakin has about Obi-Wan and yes. Padme for whatever reason, general, which I yeah. get because Ewan McGregor's hot. All right. I get it.
0: Ewan but McGregor it's, is very hot. And what a little Obi-Wan?
2: more appropriate for Padme. I'm going to say
0: it. I think they're both on the wrong end. If
1: ends. it's if it uh, right rules, then she should be with Hayden Christensen. If it's... Yeah. Hollywood rules than she goes
0: <laughs> with you. And... They look, look more, more like, like this one.
1: age. I'll, I'll um, look it up. 41,
2: in episode I'm
0: also it up. Uh, she was here's...
2: 14 in episode one, which obviously very, very, very bad.
0: So in Revenge of the Sith, he's 38.
2: Jesus.
3: So That's that a lot means older than he I was 25? I think so. Then in Phantom Menace?
0: And she was 14. Yeah, so he's 11 years older than her. Which, like, by the time... A little bit later, sure, but it's still a little sketchy. That one you when you met her when she's
2: fourteen, but, That's,
0: but, that exactly, that ain't good. Exactly, but it, you can't. But it does bring us the thing. Of,
2: you're telling me he's 20, 20 whatever, late twenties. Uh, or what? How old is he in episode one? Did you just say he was twenty
3: five in Phantom
2: Menace? So that is Tell three that. years older than Anakin here. <laughs> and oh, I hate the way cool they up. treat
1: ages in the fucking Jedi Council. <laughs> this is all moot because there is no love triangle. There isn't. There is no love triangle. There isn't. But there is a a weird
3: undertone that Lucas was trying to do there, which is.
0: I agree. I think that there is a a care though in the same way that he looks out for Anakin, where he looks out for Padme, and I think he has grave concerns that he could never really voice to Padme at this point. That I do appreciate. That I think there's a depth of a character.
1: If you think of Anakin as as an addict or somebody that's in trouble and somebody that doesn't want to admit that they are in trouble, and you look, they, they are always seeing things in their support system that aren't there, right? They're seeing relationships that aren't there. They're seeing people scheme against them in ways that they aren't. And I think, you know, he wanted this to be his first leadership mission, and it went to Obi-Wan. There's always been a little bit of competition between the two of them. How many times have I saved your life? How many times have I saved yours? That sort of thing. Uh, and then also, like he's hi- he is hiding things from Padme, and I think he feels guilty about that. And so, seeing the idea of the two of them talking freely and opening and open to each other is definitely something that pisses him off. Uh, but I don't think it's a romantic thing at all. Yeah, um, and he says it. He says the Jedi Council doesn't trust me, and Padme says they trust you with their lives. And he is not listening. She is a human sounding board at this point because he's just like I'm not the Jedi. I should be. I want more and I know I shouldn't. I need to save you. And. I found a way to
2: save you from my nightmares. (laughs)
1: Yes.
3: (laughs) Yes. That's what he says to her. That's like an adorable thing. You'd hear like a five-year-old say to their parent. Like I found a way to save you from my nightmares.
0: Yeah. And then you'd put that kid in therapy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Don't. No, you can't. You don't have that power. Okay. Um. But she literally she literally says this is the, the, the line that I have that I ugh. I'm I'm not going to die in childbirth, Annie. I promise you. No, I promise you.
3: Which at that point <laughs> so intense. At that point, I feel like she should have gone to someone to be like, yo, Annie's in a yo. fucking
1: way. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's messed up good.
0: But they have reduced her to an opinionless lady. She is now just a baby-carrying machine. She is only vehicle for babies at this point. Because now we care about getting Luke and Leia. Padme is no longer relevant to this story. She is simply an object to be lost and a vessel to carry future Jedi.
2: And then die. <laughs>
1: like That's all the story we have for her, so she has to die. Well, we'll and we will oh, definitely I'm, get oh, there. I can't
0: wait to get to that.
1: But also... <laughs> Did y'all know that Utapau is made of bones? That's cool. Mm. Utapau's got, Utapau, they got buildings made of bones and you can land on them and you can hang out with them and you can just, you can hang out with dudes with weird teeth and corduroy faces and they'll come up to you and you can say, hey, uh, what's up? I'm just wondering if I can like, uh, if I can hang out and do some stuff for the war. And it's like, hey, there's no war here, buddy, unless you brought it with you. And then they're going to lean into you with their weird, pointy, candy corn teeth. Yeah. And they're going to say, he's here on the 10th level. They're all here. Now, Carboni.
3: Yes. I feel like we had this conversation maybe in our reaction to the the Kenobi trailer recently. This is the
1: same. This is the same uh, race of dudes as the race. Grand
3: Inquisitor, right?
1: Yes. Okay. They yeah. look a little like it's. They're made to look insanely untrustworthy, which I find interesting in this scene. For a movie that indicates so much visually, it's so weird because, I mean, and maybe this was by design, but when they're like, oh no, they're here and they're on the 10th floor, you've got to help us. I was like, double-crossed the first time I saw this movie. Yeah,
2: no, I mean, the 10th time I saw this movie, I had the same feeling where I was just like, God, there's so much shit of like... Palpatine's clearly the bad guy, but nobody knows it. But this bad looking person is claiming that he's on the inside secretly. But is he really?
1: I don't fucking remember. Well, maybe it'll teach us not to judge alien races by the way they look. How about that? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Although you know, they do the opposite
3: do. of what episode one did, <laughs> which got real bad.
1: Um, so they're here. Uh, Obi Wan makes it looks like makes it look like he leaves, but secretly is hanging out just a couple levels below where these bad dudes are, and he's going to find out what's going on, and he's going to do it on his very cool varactyl that's named Boga.
3: So I, when he gets, is he is he force projecting himself to make it look like he went into the the ship and fly off?
1: I, that's what I always figured because other like because he doesn't jump out of the ship,
3: right? Like you see him get into the his uh, Jedi uh, starfighter, the robot men, the cool looking robot men are looking down at him in his little Jedi fighter. The thing closes and then he flies off. But then he's unless he does well.
1: Well, it's probably not a force projection because he he doesn't know that Grievous is there for sure. So maybe he does like jump out of the ship when no one's looking. I don't know. He does cool Jedi somewhere else.
0: Yeah, my thought is he just
1: takes. Well, Well, you you see see him, like, like right after it takes off. Straight away, yeah. As soon
0: as it takes off, it cuts to him watching it take off. But,
1: but,
3: you know, right? Like, he's he has the conversation with the the teeth men, and they tell him, hey, Grievous is here. What if it's, like, the, you know, in Thor uh, Ragnarok, right, where they're about to go get the ship um, from... It's a Loki uh, thing. Yeah, where Loki kind of, like, you see him keep walking, but then you see his real self, like, run away. So yeah, I But if that doesn't
2: like that. exist, right? Like, there's no Force projection until Luke and Last Jedi, right? Like, but there's that's, no that's, other uh, moment.
3: Uh, Force projection. Luke wasn't the one, I think, that really, like, founded that idea.
2: Was uh, there a, in any instance before not, Last Jedi? Did we see film. that? Because, like, Luke not did it, film, and then we no. saw Rey and um, Kylo, Kylo kind of have their little moments and stuff. But, like, I feel like that's when Force projection. Well, they were a dyad. That's a, that's a different situation, Tim. You're, you're right. Excuse me. Excuse me. It was a dyad. <laughs> I uh,
1: love these movies. So, uh, on his varactyl named Boga, uh, he starts, starts sliming around on his good little lizard. He's riding a gex around on Utapau, on the Bones planet. He's got a lizard in the planet of Bones, and he rides up into the rafters where all the bad boys are meeting. And uh, General Grievous is like, yo, taking you all to Mustafar. And they're like, we're not going to Mustafar. What are you talking about, dude? Like, we're staying right here. He's like, hey, eat shit. You're going to Mustafar. And that's what we say. And it's like, okay. Uh, Obi-Wan is hanging out. Boga is like doing cute shit in the background. And I just love how much-
2: the scene here to me is like mm-hmm. this movie in general, I think is, is extra, right? Everything about it is extra. We'll get to the, the final fight later. We'll talk a lot about that. Um, but even the opening scene of this, the star fight, the, the gravity, all that stuff we're talking about, like they're like, when we have set pieces, we're going to go all out. And like, we're really going to do any possible thing, that we can to, like, make this cool, 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 more cool, more cool, more cool. There's something about this scene that I'm very torn on where I, of course, it's iconic. Of course, we get the hello there. We get Grievous with the, you know, do the jump rope uh, lightsabers and all that stuff. Like, there's a lot of stuff, but I feel like they missed the mark overall in they tried making this scene too cool, and if they had done less, I think it would have been way cooler, actually. Like, having Obi-Wan on the the, the lizard guy, uh, what's his name again? Boga boga like seeing mom boga but then they also have the like the spinny wheel things and then there's also grievous and then there's also like there's just like too many factors at play that i think it it starts turning into just cg noise as opposed uh, opposed to like choreographed action that the rest of the movie
1: i think has a better balance of Mm, that's interesting i completely disagree um (laughs) 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 everything from boga in the rafters to the motherfucking hello there. To the two-finger Kenobi point. To whoops! Turns out I have forearms you didn't know about, motherfucker. And I'm gonna like so that good. in these real fast. Oh, everything I just, I about just, this we is We need
3: great. to. We just need to just take a moment and just really soak into the I-
1: iconic. Yes, thank you. Hello there. Hello there.
3: <laughs> so good yeah i agree that's that's the
0: iconic scene it has some weak moments of cgi but like i don't care i don't care that's that's a very cgi heavy one and it's 2005 full pass for me our lost
1: hand count goes up to four which is such a good thing for star wars i look the force the force saber moment gets memed to hell but it's so fucking cool you get cody and the troops dropping in you get, like, those close-up shots of their eyes when they're fighting, like a samurai movie. Like, it goes totally Yojimbo. And the amount with, like, of Grievous...
3: unnecessary detail in Grievous's eyes as well. It's one of those oh, shots that still... so
1: tired, Baron. To this he's day, so tired.
3: 17 years later, you're like, god damn. They put a lot of money into that <laughs> shot.
0: I think they did Ewan McGregor a little dirty on the fight training, the lack thereof. Yeah. Um, I am of the opinion that he did his damnedest, and he still looks very cool in many areas. Uh, But I do think that they could have um, taught him a little bit of, like, sword training, lightsaber training, to make him look very cool during this. And there are definitely moments where, like, that opening, as soon as the four lightsabers comes out, and he, like, strikes his saber back, where he looks a little dorky... Uh, in moments that could have been very cool for me. I understand. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But it's a moment that could have been very, very cool if it was like properly choreographed. And it's a it's a little clunky, a little dorky. I'll say this. I love it, but it could have been better.
1: When you look at when you look at Ewan's fighting against human opponents who are there in this film, I think he's very good. I think he had the training. I think it's probably weird to fight a CG thing that isn't there. And yes. They they could have they there's They probably could have done some stuff to clean that up and well their their
2: answer to it was to put them in more CG things, like the lizard and the spinning wheel thing. And I think that's a disservice to this because like as cool as the four sabers are they don't do anything cool with it. He does his little spinny thing and then they go yeah. away. It's like Darth Maul, it's like, oh shit, he has two lightsabers. What are they going to do? We get a whole ass fight seeing what he can, what they, what's going down with that dual sided lightsaber. Yeah. Whereas with Grievous, it's like he has four lightsabers. Oh, He has two lightsabers.
1: You know what I mean? It's like over that quickly. Spins them very fast like no one can, Timothy. <laughs> it's very oh, yeah. cool.
3: It is very cool.
1: <laughs> um, And also, I love when Grievous jumps on his cool fucking one wheel and they have a ben hur about it. Like I like when they have a ben hur about it. I think and he drops his saber and like fucking Cody is just like, "Huh, found a saber?" Like I love it. <laughs> so I good. love it so much because it gives us it gives us a moment later on that's so good right before Order 66. Um so then we get to uh uh we get to Mace Windu uh talking to Yoda who is of course not there. They're all talking. They're like, Hey, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. No way. Uh, the dark side of the force surrounds the chancellor. Yeah. You don't say, and Yoda goes, whoa, 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 whoa. To a dark place. This line of thought will take us. And he's speaking specifically about be careful before you say we are going to seize power and we're going to seize this government because that could backfire on us in a big, big way.
0: Yep.
3: And does Mace um, Windu take any of that in when he thinks about that? When he when Yoda says that, does he really really digest any of you know his good friend Yona's
1: words? A little. He does. I look, couldn't tell. Look <laughs>
3: tell? honestly, because his good friend Yoda, who he's been yeah. good friends with as yeah. as far as we know from the movies, uh-huh. at least yeah. thirteen years. And his good friend Yoda of 13 years at least says, hey, Uh yes, you got to make the right steps and not be hasty about possibly seizing power from this possibly very evil man in control of the entire Galactic Republic. Yeah. And 30 minutes later, Mace Windu barges into that man's room and is like, under order of the Galactic Senate, you are
1: under arrest. Okay. Now, there's a difference between arresting the chancellor and seizing power over all government. True. If there's a bad man in the government and you arrest him and you go, OK, Senate, go about your business. Who takes over for the chancellor? Who's who's vice chancellor? Oh, what happened to vice chancellor Valorum? OK, we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think we don't know that Mace Windu was rolling in there to take over the government. He was rolling in there to get rid of a Sith Lord, and I think that's two different things. Uh, but speaking right. of our buddy, the Chancellor, while all this is going on, he's just chilling, looking at his evil red screen, which is probably fine. He's the only person that has a red screen. Pondering There's nothing wrong with big it. big old orb on that red he's, screen. Yeah, he's either pondering an orb or looking at his nightmarish red screen. And... <laughs> Anakin walks in and is just like, hey, Obi-Wan is on Utapau. I should be there with him. There are things about the Force that they're not telling me. And he says, hey, let me put aside my red screen that's of no consequence. And let's take another walk, you and me, buddy. Let's walk down my cool hallway while I talk about, like, hey, you know, I studied the Force a little bit back in school in my wilder days. Before I was a politician, I was a little bit of a, a little bit of a party guy, and I did a little Force. Everybody does a little Force when they're young. Uh and I know some stuff, and you know, here's the thing. Uh the Jedi have a very limited view of the Force, man. Like you if you're going to understand all of the Force, don't you need to learn a little bit about what the evil side of the Force is thinking? You got to you got to take a larger view of this whole thing man you got to hear both sides you can't just ban people on twitter for spreading racist misinformation you got to hear them out otherwise it's not free speech and anakin goes hey wait a minute are you the sith lord though <laughs> <laughs> after
0: all after everything hey, now, just, a
1: minute. now just wait a minute are you the sith Lord? Uh, and he goes, "Well, you know, hey, I do know how to save how to save your wife and I'm the only one that could do it. What do you want What do you want to do? Well do you want to kill me? I yes, I, I really want to He's like, I knew you would. I could feel your anger. it gives you focus. <laughs> I fucking love McDermott There's in this scene
0: no explanation for why his voice does that and it's so funny like that's not a complaint of mine No, it's it is good. a passionate love for this but it is nonsensical there is no <laughs> really? possible way to explain why that would ever happen if that um, was like if the voice had been taken on after the lightning and it's like, oh, it just like corroded his insides in a weird way. And Ooh. now he talks like this. It does the thing. I would be like, yeah, OK, sure. Yeah, it did it to his facing, it it to his voice. No problem. But before that, he just randomly all of the time. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, yes. And he's also he also has started doing his little his little T-Rex emperor arms that I really love. When he gets really evil, he's like, yes. Yes, I'm just a little waddling guy. I'm just a little guy. Don't worry about me. Something um,
0: about the way that he does it that he is just a little guy and occasionally borders <laughs> on, like, bashful evil is yeah. my favorite alignment I've ever heard of. He's very I, I I he's
2: very that, ooh-ooh about yeah, it. Yeah, totally. But I love that Palpatine totally. slash uh, Darth Sidious in the, in the prequel movies, especially this movie, and the robot chicken iteration of Palpatine are, like, obviously – Far off and that's a joke (laughs) they're a lot closer than they should be you know what i mean yeah
1: i love it i i love it so much um they're doing a lot of circle walking here i actually like the way this is this is this is shot i think this is directed very shakespearean as well you know this is this is uh mercutio and tybalt just walking around each other in circles i i genuinely enjoy it it's very theatrical um this is when we do get the majority of the dinosaur one-wheel uh fight uh including uh you want to talk about how this movie goes some violent places when when Obi-Wan figures out that there's a beating heart under a single plate of metal <laughs> and he's just like I'm going to open you up and I'm going to take that
3: yeah mine now <laughs> and I'm just trying to understand of like when Grievous was you know designing his you know, second body as like this dying alien man who wanted to keep <laughs> living, but you know, I, I think was like sick. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Why would he have like even just like a any sort of
1: little open area that
3: would expose his heart? Like, it's why? not sanitary.
1: Why? I can tell you that much.
2: Oh, a hunt- have- Rogue, <laughs> Rogue Two, a movie's going to come out that's going to explain yeah. exactly why all that. Yeah, right.
3: exactly.
1: Um, I believe th- I think they talk about it a little bit in Clone Wars, actually, how he built they, himself they, up because they go. Cause they go- the lair, like Grievous's lair, his underground oh, horror cave. So cool!
3: Those it, it's a yeah. so good. very
1: frightening episode, and it's yeah. very good. Um, then we uh, then we cut to uh, Anakin telling Mace what's up,
4: mm-hmm. and
1: he's and, and Mace is like, "I am jumping in. I am going to take this guy out." Anakin's like, "Yeah, me too." And he's like, "No, I don't think you should be near this guy.
0: Just it's it's I'm jumping in. I'm going to take this guy out." <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> was, so there's the, no the emotion. No,
0: when
3: Anakin's like, let me come with you. And they had to get Samuel Jackson to dub over whatever his original take was when he says no, because the audio and his lips are not in sync in that shot. And they had to get a cut of him where he's turning and saying no, which has driven me insane since I first saw this movie, 17, 17 years. years. <laughs> even as a weird little child who focused on that little detail where I was like, been didn't away with, eaten away for you. <laughs> he didn't actually just um, say that word. He didn't actually just say that word. He had to go, no, in a very monotone way because whatever take he said before saying the word no wasn't even
1: good enough for that. Uh, I'm with his age. He tells Anakin, hey, <laughs> listen, once... You will, if this is true, you will have, you know, I, you will have earned my trust. This is, this is good. Like mm-hmm. this is, you did a good thing, but you know, he's doing it in his very cold Mace Windu way. And Anakin is just, he just wants to be told he's a good boy. And only Palpatine is doing that right now. And it's a problem. Uh, so this is where we get uh, the very good lightning fight.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, that's what, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for calling it that. <laughs> it's
1: the very good lightning fight. Um, it's after a moment with Padme, but yeah, it, they never his... made it matter.
3: Yeah, <laughs> where they kind of yeah, she kind of feels him when she's at home and he's in the Jedi Council room. Yeah and he's thinking about Thanks. her and then i think it also cuts to palpatine at one point be like no yeah. you're adding that you're okay. adding that in your mind <laughs> yeah no, that's just in okay, there but i don't even want to get to the very cool but, lightning fight because yeah. they, he's straight you know like they come in there's the coolest shot ever of like uh them walking into uh, palpatine's room that i yeah. r- distinctly remember when the first trailer came out and you saw that shot and you were like oh Oh, shit's shit. about to go yeah, down yeah. in this movie. Which, and I it's like, like, yes. Very cool there. And yeah. Palp- Palpatine also, you know, I understand Ian McDiarmid been playing Palpatine since 83. Yeah. Is that correct? 83, I want to say. Yeah. He's an old dude. So naturally, they're not going gi- to be able to give him like proper fight choreography. But at least you know, give me a little bit of CG Duke, a little bit more of CG Dooku there. So when he's cutting down all of these Jedi who are like on the Jedi council, Jedi masters, when he mm-hmm. slices them down each time in my head, I don't go. That wasn't earned. That was weird. Mm. They should have blocked
1: that. What, what's going on here? Interesting. Disagree. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? And like, I'm playing things in the background as we do this too. And I'm like, ah! The first jump spin looks silly, but like of oh, course it does. Most spin. of the like jumps the jump in this spin. are very silly. His motherfucking like, M Bison,
1: his M Bison Psycho Crusher. But he's I love it. with that saber, honestly. Oh, and when they his do, and when they do the pretty smooth. When they do the inserts of McDermott, and he's making like the he's making like the vampire face and doing like the downward slash. Oh. I those I think it's shots so cool. are great,
3: but the who's the green guy with the the long tennis? Why am I blaming? Uh, it's on it's name? Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto, thank you. Yeah. When he strikes down the boy, Kit Who Fisto, at that shot where he like strikes it, like it doesn't even look like Kit Fisto got hit with anything. He was like, ah, oh, I got like a weird heart palpitation. I'm gonna go lie uh, for a little bit, you know. <laughs> like,
0: I will say, though, there's, like, specifically a shot where he's fighting Windu, and he does the, like, double double backflip thing, which, again, is, like, very CGI or whatever, but he does a very cool landing, and he slashes his lightsaber back, and that's what shatters the window right there, and, that's like, cool. old guy looks badass, yeah. like, yeah, that was sure. cool as hell, and, like, his stance in it was really good, like, Ian McDermott crushed that landing, crushed and just, like, it. just the power in it was everything to yeah. me.
1: Of course, uh, I mean, it, it starts with another great McDermott quote, the I am the Senate, not yet. Um, now, Windu has the upper hand and says, you know, you're under arrest. And he just screams, you will die. <laughs> <laughs> you will die. <laughs> and he's just using his lightning. And Anakin comes in and Windu is like, he's too dangerous to be left alive. Remember, this is something that Anakin did himself yeah. in the beginning of this film. And immediately says, ooh, that was wrong. I probably shouldn't have done that. And remember, this is somebody, the Chancellor now is somebody that Anakin doesn't just see as a friend. Anakin protects his friends. But he also sees as somebody who has the key to stop his nightmares. Uh, <laughs> and so there's no way Anakin is going to listen. But what I think, what I love about this is he's literally firing out so much lightning out of his hands that like, Mace Windu is like falling backwards. But he's doing this voice. He's like, oh, I'm so weak. I'm so weak, Anakin, help me. I'm so weak, he's going to hurt me. And I just love the way McDermott plays it, and I love that Anakin is so blinded at this point that that's all Palpatine needs to do. Yeah. To but Anakin like worst, on his side. Oh, the worst
3: bad acting. I'm I'm so oh, I'm, I'm so weak, I'm falling, and I can't get up. And yeah,
2: it's so I, I'm I'm, I, obviously, I fucking love this scene. It's ridiculous yeah. and it's the stupidest yeah. best thing ever. But like yeah. going back to the why they had to do this, and it's like we—the fact that they had to disfigure his face and this is the way they decided to do it—I think is so bad on so many levels. Specifically, <laughs> you're just looking at this scene, why would that be part of this Palpatine's plan? Like, if we didn't know that he had to get disfigured, mm-hmm. why would he decide I'm going to obviously be the one shooting the lightning out? and have Mace Windu be at me and be like, oh, it hurts, no, no, I can't do it. It's like, there's so many other plans you could have had
3: that didn't uh-huh. involve disfiguring yourself. No, didn't I don't think you Facebook shooting fucking was part of the lightning. Plan. Yeah, no. I, also I don't, don't think, think he was think... out all of the cards that he had
1: up his sleeve because, you know, I, I, he, I don't think I mean, he fully expected remember, to be in that moment. Mace Windu got the upper hand, which which I don't think Palpatine saw coming. Yeah. And I think that he just used his greatest, his best defense and was trying to keep Windu from killing him. Yeah, just long enough to get Anakin to kill Mace Windu. See, because yeah, he was I, if so Anakin fired, had
3: not shown up, like Palpatine would have died. I think. But-
1: I think that would have been the end of Palpatine.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I guess that that adds up. Because the thing that I don't buy though is later when he's like in the Senate or whatever the fuck, and he's talking. To everybody. It's like, "They disfigured me." And I guess that couldn't have been part of the plan. Maybe that's just jazz.
3: Yeah. That's just jazz. This entire thing all part of the plan. You know, he, he, it's all part of the it's <sighs> like wasn't
1: it, it's he like deprivizes. when we planned
3: Star Wars Episode Three uh, rewatch for May Eighteenth, and then we didn't realize until this Monday. Hey the 17th anniversary's tomorrow, you know? It's just, yeah. he fell into a lucky kind of thing where I was like, I'm going to play off of this. And He's like, you know, oh, what happened to your sympathy? face?
1: Oh, dude, the Jedi did this to me.
0: Yeah, oh, boy. I, I, I do have a question about the disfigurement. Um, if that is the effect of the lightning hitting somebody, mm. A, we never see it do that to somebody again, even though we do see lightning again, uh, is including immediately when he finally hits Mace Windu with the lightning, and instead we see Mace's skull show through his body for some reason, which doesn't happen when the lightning hits Palpatine, yeah. only happens when it hits Mace Windu, but Mace does not have the same effect on like the aging of his face very rapidly, which uh, is su- kind
1: of s- Sustained, I would say it's sustained lightning yeah. over a period was, of time. He holds it, it for a while. But also, yeah. do
3: we want to factor in that this could possibly not be... Actual Palpatine, but a clone of Palpatine. No, like... get
1: fucked. I'm moving on. <laughs> get fucked. I'm moving on. Yeah, uh, yeah, we gotta wrap this up, uh, man. <laughs> uh, so we have our fifth lost hand. We have the screaming of unlimited power. Uh, and what have I done? You're fulfilling your destiny. Hey, look, it's like okay, I'll serve you. You can be my master. I swear that I will serve you. You'll you'll make sure she doesn't die. You'll bring her back to life. And this is where this is where Palpatine goes. Hey, baby, bubby. I don't know how to do it, but you know, if the two of us work together, I'm sure we'll figure it out. out. And I think this is where you do get some, you do get some solid performance. I think from Hayden here where he's like, Oh, I fucked myself. And this is where I am now. Yeah. And I have like, I have no choice. He's probably, I don't know if he's ever going to do this, but this is where I am. And this is who I am. You know? Um, now Yoda is feeling the carnage here. uh, and this is where we get, uh, this is where we get Order Order sixty six. This yeah. is where I it happens. Get it,
2: dude. One
1: of the this is where one it of the happened. most
2: amazing cinematic moments of all yeah. time. I don't give a shit about quality. I don't give a shit about anything. Order sixty six is fucking awesome. And, and in the same way, music. the MCU has the snap. This yeah. this is a moment that like. Has Great. affected the rest of Star Wars, I think, for the better. And the more we go back and see this moment from different perspectives, the cooler it becomes.
1: Yeah. So he sends, you know, he sends Anakin to the Jedi Temple and he says, once more the Sith will rule the galaxy. Once more the Sith shall rule the galaxy. And rule we will the have, galaxy. And, and we will have peace. And I love the way he says it. McDermott crushes. Um, so now we we see Kashyyyk and we see the temple at the same time, which which I love. Uh, We're seeing like the teddy bears, the spider robots. We're seeing Yoda actually feel the destruction Mm -hmm. of the light and it's throwing off his performance in this battle. At the same time, we're seeing Anakin and the clone troopers go in and, and do this, do this moment. Um, I'll say it's not the kid's fault. The kid was very young, but I I've never enjoyed the performance of the youth who says who who says Master Anakin, what do we do? What you do know? We do? Like Yeah. <laughs> it's not the kid's fault. The kid was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lucas doesn't I know how to direct you, adults.
3: Like he's not I gonna know it. how to direct <laughs> kids for
1: Two hours and
2: fifteen minutes. Every single thing, Carbone is like, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. We get to and this kid
0: five old, no, not good enough. <laughs> this is where I draw the line on acting yeah. performance. This did yeah. not meet my Shakespearean expectations of episode three of Star Wars. I'm just gonna say it. This dude's on on Samuel L. Jackson's level
4: wow Uh,
0: wow there's about as much life in that line as samuel brings for the rest of it so i'm fine with
1: it well but what i'm gonna say is i don't i i I feel like they should have given that kid another take i feel like that kid was just like nervous and he's a kid but what i do like is when Anakin saber ignites i've always liked the scared little jump oh yeah back it's almost like like very impactful like Mm -hmm.
3: the the how they did it it's almost like they didn't tell him that they were going to, like, make a loud noise, and they got his, uh-huh. like, actual yeah, cause,
1: reaction. because we know the kid's a bad actor.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a genuinely scared baby oh, moment. <laughs> uh, sweet, uh, and it makes this next scene even harder.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, I will say, you know, Anakin leaves the clone troopers to actually fight Jedis, and he just, like, goes in to mow down some kids, and I feel like that's not good management. I'm just uh, going to yeah. go ahead and say that. No. Um... I will I say not it,
0: remember how graphic the mowing down of the children was. And maybe I'm just graphic. a more sensitive bean than I used to be. But I was like, damn, y'all really
1: showed a bunch of kid bodies. OK, this is one of those things where this movie goes up and down between like the silliness and the like extreme darkness in a way that like I don't think any other Star Wars movie does. Um, Bail Organa tries to see what's up. He's asked to leave. And Jet Lucas. George is not his son, name. That's Jet oh, Lucas, oh, wow. George's son, who comes oh. out as the as the Jedi teenager who mows down those uh, clone troopers and tries to let Bail Organa get away. And then Bail Organa watches the kid get shot. That's Jet Lucas. Bail Organa is like, hey, you'll be hearing from me, and flies <laughs> away. Uh, what we have not seen throughout this movie, another thing that got cut, is there have been multiple meetings between Bail Organa, Mon Mothma, Padme, and... Um, all about like, hey, what's going on with the Senate and should something be done? Yeah, Uh, And it is the beginning, like Mon Mothma really talks about starting the rebellion here in this movie and all that stuff got cut, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, and it it does feed into, you know, and uh, some interesting things of of them being like, we can't tell anybody outside of this room, which, you know, feeds an interesting other layer to Padme being like, we can't keep secrets from each other. Um, mm-hmm. there's also just the, the aspect of uh, her kind of, and this is something that was built up in the, the clone war show where she had friends that were separatists and stuff like yeah. that. And just like having converse secret conversations with
1: more of that context and, would yeah. have, would have added some depth to that, to that relationship. I think, yeah. um, we get Obi-Wan surviving and he sees that the, cl- that something's up with the clones, including the good clone who gave him cl- Man, Cody gave him his lightsaber back what's going on Cody you gave me my lightsaber are we yeah. cool no uh, then we, of course uh, Chewbacca new Yoda Chewbacca new Yoda everybody that Wookie that Wookie's name was Bill Gates <laughs> 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 that Wookie's name was Chewbacca uh, and yes you're right I don't know that that was one that we needed it, w- it would have been nice to see Chewbacca during the battle of Kashyyyk I don't know that it needed to be called out by thank you my friend but I like that we saw that Chewbacca was at the Battle of Kashyyyk. Yeah. Uh, Bail, Bail Organa is like, I'm gonna, we got to save some Jedi. Obi-Wan says the same thing. Um, now, this is where we get the conversation between Padme and Anakin, where it's like, Padme, you should have done something a little earlier, <laughs> I think. And, and Padme would have done something a little earlier if she had been the Padme from previous films. Yeah. Yes. Um, I saw Master Windu try to assassinate the Chancellor myself. My my loyalties lie with the chancellor and the senate, and you. The end.
0: In that order.
1: Yeah, in that <laughs> order. Uh, my it three is. biggest loves. Uh, have faith, my love. Everything will soon be set straight. And you know, all I kept thinking during this scene was, this woman is a queen and a senator, and she would not be. She's been in battle. She was in the battle of Naboo. She's she's she. Got, she got crop topped, in an in an arena, like she's been in the shit. And I just I don't like the way she acts in this scene. That's all. Uh, three PO shows up because he's trying to help. Yeah. Not enough three PO in this movie. And R two uh, is
3: uh, obviously beeping and booping like
1: Anakin's going fucking crazy. And three PO's <laughs> like, yeah, it
3: sounds hard, dude. That like that. In. There's very obviously like a subtle moment where you can read into like R two being like. Shit's bad. Shit's mm-hmm. real bad.
1: Yeah. Uh, because all of this uh, all of this deception came from the Jedi, there's a beacon at the Jedi Temple that's telling all Jedi to immediately return to the temple. And so Obi-Wan and Yoda are going to be like, no, 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 strike that, reverse it. Uh, then we cut to Mustafar. It's unpleasant. Uh, this looks separ- like a
3: place that could have a fortress for a big evil guy.
1: Yeah, uh, the Separatist leaders are all there. Darth Sidious gets on, the, uh, gets on the holophone and is just like, hey, don't worry, my new guy, he's going to come, and he will, and he doesn't just say, my new guy's going to come and take care of you. He is it. He's like, my new guy will come, and he will take care of you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had to pause the movie at this moment, and I was like, holy shit, that is so evil. And then I thought about, it, I'm like, hey, from the other side, if they trusted him, it doesn't sound that evil from your point of view, yeah.
4: well, the <laughs> separatist
1: leaders are evil. Um, so uh, then uh, you know we get a we get a message from the Chancellor's office, and it's like, hey, we got to go meet with the Chancellor. and it's like, well, what if the cha- what's going on here? Don't worry, the Chancellor can't seize power if he really wants to. He'll need to keep the Senate intact. He can't do it without the Senate. Obi-wan you sweet, dumb mustache. I mean, but it does. (laughs) Doesn't it take him 20 years to do it without the Senate, though? I mean, yeah, kind of. But also, it does, like, he's got the Senate immediately. Like, we're about to see how much he's got the Senate. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're you're muted. muted. You're muted. I am muted. You're absolutely
0: correct. This Senate scene has the greatest line in all of the prequels, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It is um, my favorite thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, we go back to Mustafar. R2 stay with the ship. I don't want you to see what I'm about to do. Uh, oh, good. You're here, Lord Vader. Whoop, whoop, murder. <laughs> uh, Dude, and then, Welcome, Obi-Wan...
2: Lord Vader. We've yeah, been wh- expecting uh, you. Huh? Oh, that's, so cool. oh, that's
3: really cool.
1: It's so good. Uh, we get Obi-Wan and Yoda wreck and shop a little bit against some clone troopers. This was a much more extended scene originally. And then... In the Senate, the chancellor's like, look, the Jedi, they fucking suck. Look what they did to my face. We got to do something. They are ruining everybody. They're rebelling. This is terrible. Are we good with just letting me have all the power unquestionably? And literally everyone's cool with it. Nobody even wants to raise their hand and bring up some other motion. Like, do we really want to give everybody everything? Like, no, it's cool. We're good. Uh,
0: But Padme... But Except Padme. for Padme sitting up there, stares at him, say, "All of the rest of the Jedi will be hunted and killed." And this line that I just—I don't care like how overused it is. She looks out and she says, "This is how liberty dies." With thunderous applause and
3: with the delivery that you would expect,
0: yes, from
3: her, yes, so this with, yes! with the gist of just sheer disbelief and like, I—I'm exhausted. I can't. Yeah. Fuck, yeah, you know, and um, that's why her no one. You the rest know, of
2: this movie, man.
3: That's why no one raises their hands because of how many people are just like,
1: woo, yeah, you know. They got laser swords and they did that to his face, you yeah. know. Yep. Um. So, uh, Obi Wan and Yoda go to the temple and everyone's dead, even the younglings. And poor Obi Wan, who who could have done this? He says, he knows. God, and In the that's back another of one his of those real graphic ones where it's
0: just like, there's kids. Yeah. Um,
2: is, is this a scene where he goes, Anakin's, Anakin's the father, isn't he?
1: No, that's what uh, he's This sorry. comes soon.
2: Yeah.
1: Because yeah. uh, that is but,
2: awesome.
1: Uh, we go to um, Lord Sidious promised us peace as uh, Lord Vader destroys everyone. Obi-Wan recalibrates the code uh, and he says, We got to figure out who did this. And Yoda goes, if into the security recordings, you go. Only pain you will find. Now, Yoda, I understand what you're saying, but also that's poor detective work, and it's not the best thing to do in this situation. You should know who killed the Jedi because you're gonna have to deal yeah, with it. Yeah, what
3: was his goal there? You know, yeah, just gonna like pretend
1: for with Obi Wan for the rest of their lives. Like, ah, it could have been anyone, know. really. Could have been anybody. I know it wasn't you because I was with you, and you know it wasn't me. But above and Thanks.
4: beyond that, oh,
1: wow. um. But, you know, I, I think at this point, I've always watched this scene with the subtext of Obi-Wan knows. And Yoda's like, yeah. don't watch it. Don't right. watch it, man. Um, and so Yoda, uh, Obi-Wan says, send me to kill the Emperor. I will not kill Anakin. He's like, my brother, I can't do it. And Yoda goes, dude, you think you're going to fight Lord Sidious? Get out of here. Go kill your little brother. I got <laughs> real shit to take care of come on um obi then this is where obi-wan talks to Patty.
2: but also but even with what you just said though carboni can we uh, yeah. think about it for just a second i know we're going long and i apologize i apologize so much to everyone involved specifically to sage because she has not been on an in review with carboni before so she doesn't she didn't know yeah. she didn't know i fucking love it though this is fantastic she was content.
1: on she was on, Spy- she was on the spider she was on the spider boys no way home she knows no i was not <laughs> but, well i guess not, we did the one yeah. after the fact on yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah
2: so i also so do a show the, with anthony three days a week yeah so yeah yeah i don't know i fucking I, know. I this is a blast but um you just said that yoda's like yo, i'm gonna handle sidious you you had a little brother we just talked for two hours to 26 minutes about the fact that they don't know who darth sidious is like they don't yoda doesn't understand this shit like it's such a weird jump to i guess now oh he has all this power I'll take care of him, and it's like maybe
1: we should. Well, they—they well, they see, they see the to ma-
3: fog. Their you know their their yeah. minds about and they about. see
1: the security recording not just of the younglings, but of Mace Windu. So they see the, they see the Windu battle, and they know. Yeah,
4: yeah, um, you're right. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, uh, this is where Obi Wan talks to Padme, and Padme is still in so much denial at this point. Uh, this is where we get the famous "killing younglings" uh, line. Where famously, Ewan McGregor says that he did this with his hand because he was chuckling because he couldn't deliver the line. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's real or if that's just a thing that he said a couple times. I could, I could imagine it, especially with you know,
3: often things are filmed out of order. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you're not feeling the same weight of uh, uh of recording a scene especially when it's all CGI stuff as it's like not what not is it yeah and like the way because <laughs> the way it's worded and because George Lucas is a you know a robot with human flesh with of like killing Gotta younglings okay. who <laughs> says that
1: yeah um well apparently obi-wan does and uh padme says you're going to kill him aren't you and he says listen he's He's very, he's very dangerous. Like, that's all he says. He doesn't say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's like, I'm not going to tell you where he is. We get the first shot of Vader overlooking Mustafar from what's going to become his ding-dang castle right before, and it's a dope shot, right yeah. before three uh, PO and Padme go off to Mustafar with Obi-Wan hiding inside, because he's like, I know where you're going. I know exactly where you're going. Um, Anakin's not feeling great, about what's going on but his buddy the emperor says you have restored peace and justice to the val- to the galaxy you did it a ship appears on the uh, on the instruments well also
3: it- hey shut down all the droids please cuz we oh, need- yeah. we need to shut shut them down please cuz they're not in the original trilogy so please holy shit it was carbonian droid. oh Anthony. my god <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but from here on out this movie is just so
3: ridiculous like it's it just is like it's all it's all caps like yeah it, it's, it's like hey agree. star wars was subtly anime before this but now it's anime
1: yeah, yeah. It now it's anime uh so he runs out to see her as she lands they run to each other now this is this is a cut that i am really bummed about i originally Padme goes to talk to Anakin and their conversation goes much as it does in this movie Um, You know only my new powers can save you. I'm doing it to protect you. Uh, We can live on my cool lava planet We don't have to run. Look how cool this lava planet is. It's dope Um, uh, And When she finally sees what he's become she pulls a knife on him and She tries to stab him. she tries to be the one to destroy Darth Vader uh, injures him And it's his injury originally that allows Obi-Wan to win the duel. Sick. I love that. would have been so cool. Wow.
0: Why do we give her nothing instead?
3: Because she's already, you know, she's already the plot device of why Anakin's so moody. She's already carrying this. You want her to have a third thing to do in this movie,
0: Sage? (laughs) You mean beyond the motivation of a man?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh... And I'll- the motivation
0: of the future, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Obi-Wan comes out from hiding. Anakin flips out. I knew you were all against me. Padme uh, nails that scene, by the way. She does. Yeah. She really I think nails she it. She does. The I think love she nails you. that.
0: The I don't, I don't know you.
3: you. You know, right before she, like, he force jokes her.
1: Oh, uh-huh. Heartbreaking. Oh, and right? the look on and her And the look her voice on her face. Away.
0: Please, I love you. And her voice just, like, disappears in it. And you're just like,
1: uh, it's, it's so rough. He throws her aside, you know, the Jedi turned against me, don't you turn against me, you know, and then he sees Obi-Wan, you did this, and Obi-Wan throws down his robe, and is just like, you have done that yourself. Let's An icon. go. Um, I deflect and-
3: all responsibility onto you, mm-hmm.
1: yourself. Could I have been a better dad? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And this is where we go back and forth between these very good duels. Um, You know, the Yoda duel, I think, is is so great. Like, Yoda versus Sidious, there's something cool. It's so on the nose. The symbolism in this movie is so on the nose. But rising up in the Senate pod into the Senate chambers and having their fight in the empty chambers because the government isn't needed anymore and they're just throwing, like, it's so good good man it is
2: so uh, on the nose I think is the best way to put it and when you just go all in and you're like they went all in just enjoy it for being all in it's so fucking great like the intercut between the the Battle of the Heroes and then like the, the the duel of the Fates music playing we get Yoda versus Palpatine it's like it's fan service at its best but I think that it's hilarious that they're just like you know what the the stakes how high can we turn them mm-hmm. higher 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 when you look at the mustafar battle it's like every single second they're like how much more dangerous can we make it let's make the platform smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller let's throw even more crazy shit at them like i'm surprised that at some point there weren't like the first resident evil or like uh Mm. mission impossible like lasers that they also would have to dodge like it's so fucking funny
1: make it a full-on video game and have random trains
3: Coming at each other and, you know, they crash <laughs> into each other when they exactly. come at each other. But also, like, to that effect him of, you know, like, they've got the shields that protect all of, like, their, their buildings and equipment from the lava. And that gets turned off of, of just, like, all the little things where it's like, this is getting so... They almost hold hands at one point. They get real (laughs) close to
1: holding hands. And that's
3: why, (laughs) Carboni, I want to let you know that shot, that beautiful shot where they're holding hands, their heads are almost kind of together. That Mm -hmm. shot in and of itself was what sparked my theory of why Rey was, in fact, a Kenobi. Because Rey and Kylo also do the hand-holding thing in um, Force Awakens. And I was like, oh my god, it's poetry speaking and then they, of they hand
0: stuff it. which I hate the transition <laughs> <This is so> <laughs> <adorable>. <laughs> I said what I said I think the reason people are always losing hands in this is because they fight with one flailing hand I think this upcoming battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan is incredible I think it's the best fight throughout this movie I think it's wonderful the choreography is better Obi-Wan's better than he was in the last one like it's Clean and it moves quickly. But man, like, and, and if anybody who's ever done like any kind of stage combat or anything or any real like t- sword training, you would never have a flailing hand. That's how you lose a hand. No. And that's why everybody loses hands in these movies because nobody goes,
1: it's definitely <laughs> right. It's that's definitely all you got to do, bud. <laughs> old school swashbuckling. They're definitely trying to do like pirate movies where they're doing it. <laughs> the- um, The thing we're like, the thing where they're fighting, we've got. Yoda and Palpatine fighting Yoda takes way too many falls for such a little guy. His little robe comes off and he watches his little robe fall and he gets this look on his face after he watches his little robe fall, where I always think that maybe he's thinking to himself, Oh golly whiz, I'm practically naked. Uh <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. now this whole thing ends in one of kind of funny's favorite things of all time. Yeah, one of the greatest in-review moments um was uh Carboni, you you were a part of it. The whole Peter when we when we realized the, the final oh, gasping breath yeah. of Uncle Ben, right? The other moment that made us laugh that hard is Nick reenacting Yoda going through the weird little um <laughs> the
1: the vent when he's when he's dieharding around in the vent
2: yeah it's so fucking funny
1: that yoda (laughs) it's just beautiful beautiful yeah it's so good you know it's it's all part of the plan he's calling to bail organa uh and then the chancellor goes wait i sense lord vader is in danger i gotta go pick up my boy i've invested too much in this boy uh Yoda falls into, Yoda looks real tiny in Bail Organa's like space caddy or whatever he's got. He just looks so small and defeated. And he says, into exile, I must go. Failed, I have. And I gotta tell you, Frank Oz puts so much fucking mustard on that line.
0: Yeah, he does. On that
1: one line, I feel everything. Yeah. Frank Oz kills it. We go back to Mustafar. They're swinging on ropes. They're going, they're, Anakin's using a scared little droid head as a platform, which is how you know Anakin's dark side now. He would never use a droid as a platform before. <laughs> I like this bit where they're like really close in together and they don't have anywhere to go they're fighting. Um, and then we get to, I have failed you, Anakin. I have failed you.
3: And again, when you think of the prequels mm-hmm. as the Clone Wars show... And you see these brothers grow with each other, learn from each other. Where Obi-Wan's last, and, and you watch this movie, and Obi-Wan's last words to Anakin Skywalker, or may the Force be with you, mm-hmm. see you later, old friend. Mm-hmm. And you even Ewan McGregor fucking nails that because that. he's... He sees he truly finally in that moment I think is actually taking in. This is no longer my brother. Yeah, this is goodbye, old friend. This it's is...
0: not even I'll see you again. It's goodbye, old friend. And you
3: see Boom. that kind of in the way that and you know, uh, good on Lucas for you know either helping Ewan McGregor get to this moment or you know letting Ewan McGregor do what he does in this moment where you mm-hmm. see it in his is his eyes this realization of I am not talking to that person anymore. Yeah. And you this feel is a, it in his voice of, I have failed you.
1: This mm-hmm. is a great, it's a great moment. Um, we do get to, you know, from the point of, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. look, yep. there's two sides, there are heroes on both sides. It says yeah. so right in the crawl. Um <laughs> And then we get to, uh it's over Anakin, I have the high ground. Now I will say, mm. there's no precedent for this. Mm-mm. And, I don't understand why it works, but maybe it's a, maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's, he's getting in his head. Maybe just by saying that he psychs him out. It makes sense. I don't I think know. It makes sense, especially when you're
0: dealing with lightsabers, trying to jump up at somebody and yeah. get anything done. Like, of course they'd be able to smack you down.
1: We You're jumping
0: good... literally up from lava towards someone who's standing above you with a laser sword. Yeah,
1: they can jump 20 feet in the air. They got another laser. I don't understand it, but fine. It's, pretty it's, it's you'd all still you got to do over him, and he would be like, "Look,
3: all <laughs> yeah, you have to but do is stand up higher more. than we a just, Jedi, and you we win." We saw him jump from this really big, long platform that was about to fall over a uh, a thing of lava. We saw him jump like a lava a, waterfall. A, waterfall, a lava waterfall. Yeah, we, we saw him jump like 60 feet to like escape right. that death over to the tiny robot head, right?
0: He could have jumped very, away. Very
3: perfect accuracy there. So mm-hmm. I I do understand of like there's no rule. There's no there's no there yeah. wasn't anything in the first act where you know like Obi Wan and Anakin are like uh Obi Wan is like teaching a little bit of what he has left yeah. to teach Anakin. No, there's we a moment weren't, where he's like we hey, you gotta you gotta yes. like we sim- we simply on were not the
0: low told. Gro- low we
1: simply we simply were not yeah. told. Yeah.
0: So Um, when he jumps towards him and gets his legs cut off, this next part
1: I think is cowardice from Obi-Wan, and I love it. You were the chosen one. You were supposed to bring balance to the force, not destroy it. Uh, I hate you. (laughs) I love the I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it gets into the I loved you. Yeah.
3: Like level of just like absolute comic camp villain that is. Fantastic, and something I didn't think Hayden Christensen would ever have had in him. Yeah, but so good.
1: And the the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars, really makes this scene pop a little bit more. Um, Obi Wan puts Padme, who was choked for a few seconds and then thrown two feet to the ground, uh, into the ship. Well, because things are bad. Almost nine months pregnant. Things are bad, and um, Padme asks if Anakin is all right. Uh, we, get our, <laughs> we get our crispy buddy crawling out of the lava oh. yep. the emperor flies down to save him and the thing that hits me weirdly is the sort of like tender hand the emperor lays on Anakin's little forehead <laughs> his little crispy forehead Yeah, very out of character for the emperor but I just love that little moment it's like Voldemort when he hugs Malfoy <laughs> and
3: he's yeah. like oh, come here come
1: here uh, so Bail lets Yoda know that Obi-Wan has made contact. Uh, we're, everything's going to be okay. This is where we start getting the parallel medical stories of Padme and Anakin as Anakin Bro, is being rebuilt. And she Padme is all
0: the way pregnant and her bump is this big with twins. She that, is about to give birth to twins and she is still the tiniest.
1: It's twin goldfish. It's um. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is weird. It's, Medically, she's completely healthy. For reasons we can't explain, we're losing her. She's lost the will to live.
3: And you know why they couldn't (laughs) medically explain it, Carboni? It's because the Emperor knows. And he's force-killing her from across Uh, the galaxy. Because how else would he know when Vader wakes up and he's like, where's Padme? mm -hmm. And Palpatine's like, it seems like in your anger, you killed. How would he know that Padme actually died? It's
0: because hmm. he did it I himself. Would, I would. I think that's worth considering, though we don't have I anything in the movie that confirms it. Right. Uh, she literally just points at her babies and comes up with these names that have no significance in this franchise. They had three movies to <laughs> plant seeds. <laughs> Damn. They had three movies to plant seeds for these names as to why she named them that. They had three movies to give them a chance to for them to talk about it. Well, what would we name our kids? I love these names. Literally anything. And instead she's just like, Luke, Leia.
1: (laughs) We're losing her. If she has to give birth now, or we'll lose the twins as well. But yeah, she's having a fairly uncomplicated birth. She names the children just fine. I mean, look, I'm not gonna say this is the best decision that's ever happened in a Star Wars. Um, it's it's real weird. It's real weird. Is is it the worst? I would like I'm to sorry, make a motion. What, to say
3: what are we what are we talking about specifically?
1: The worst. What.
2: I I think that Padme just fucking dying, giving up the will to live, is actually the worst thing to happen in any Star Wars movie.
0: If I remove um, any of the issues of like, racism for instance absolutely okay.
1: yes, and, yeah, and yes, I know yes, you know yeah. and
0: like look <laughs> I agree there's a
1: particular alien that was coded Jewish where I didn't like it but yeah yeah um... so we're going to at
0: racism and anti-semitism yeah. uh, that exists within the movies yes absolutely just as like straight up choices that were actively made uh, the crimes against my gender in this movie are the greatest offense to me in all of Star Wars and they've made many crimes against my gender <laughs> and, it,
3: and it all gets wrapped up in this moment that I can only compare to when Talia al Ghul in The Dark Knight Rises, you know, runs her big vehicle off of the, you know, off of the thing and she's dying. She feels like her mission is accomplished, about to blow up Gotham. And I, I, Carboni, who's the actress's name who played Talia al Ghul? Because she's fantastic and I want to uh, uh, properly credit her because. Harry. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen The Dark Knight Rises. Oh. The Dark Knight Rises didn't really, didn't really gel with me as much as it gelled with some other people. No, uh, uh,
0: Marion uh, Cotillard. Yeah, oh, uh, Marion Cotillard. Cotillard? Yes. Cotillard? Marian, yeah, Thank Cotillard, you. I broached that uh, so hard. No,
3: it's, it, 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 she's French, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> she's great. Fantastic actress. And she dies like this. And that is yeah. the same exact death that Padme has in this movie, and I am convinced that Marianne Cotillard watched this scene for inspiration.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, as this is going on, we are cutting to Vader, who is who is just, he's slapping at those medical droids. He is mm-hmm. not into this. He hates it. I do it. love
0: this bra- this like mo- Frankenstein's monster moment here, mm-hmm. this like, absolutely unbridled anger uh, coming out and breaking out of it. Frankenstein's monster was everything for me there.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so good that the one to one of that shot is so good with the with the uh, with the Boris Karloff Frankenstein, um, Lord Vader. Can you hear me? Where's Padme? Is she safe? Is she all right? It's it's odd to me. In it was weird in the Vader voice. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's always no. hit me as strange in the Vader voice. <laughs> I, it's, it's weird because... that we don't get to hear Anakin say that before like the voice box gets turned on or something. Right, because... but it's yeah. It's it's I don't know if this voice like, works or I I kind
3: of like it. I know the no moment is a very it's it's not an execution a great moment, but I like I the I like idea, it. I like the idea of because it's the Vader voice and almost how unsettling that is where he's like where is Padme is Padme all right? Cuz we've never heard the Vader voice care about yeah. anybody right and I, I love you know I've always thought about oh that's um, good
1: yeah I like that Yeah,
3: and I've always thought about like it would have been a much powerful moment right if at, the, uh, at, at this scene right instead of getting on his knees and yelling no he was silent Vader about him you see him close his fist and everything in that room is destroyed but yeah. I do actually that's what I've said for years rewatching this movie but actually now I'm thinking that's not who he is yet yeah. yeah, that's not and we're
1: going to I think still... we're going to see yeah. that happen. In the Kenobi show, be yeah, and then Obi Wan
0: decides one of you will be royalty and
1: one of you will be poor. Yo, good luck, kids. This is this is so wild. It's just like yo, we can't let Vader raise them. He's not cool. He's gonna raise them. And Bail Organa goes like, "Well, I'll take the girl because we were gonna pick up a girl on the way home
2: anyway." Straight up, real talk, like with all that, it's like, and again, beating the dead horse here, but it's like these prequels could have been so many things and instead of having chewbacca meet yoda they could have set up some type of story that made a little bit more sense of why luke and leia were separated the way that they were where they end up going
1: all of that stuff i think i think when yoda says it's best to separate them we are supposed to infer that if they're both in the same place, they have a better chance of being destroyed, they have a better chance of being taken by Vader, and they also have a better chance of being sensed. noticed. Yeah. Yeah, sensed if there are two of them in one yeah, place. You, so that's if what you, I always if, took if from you,
3: If you have two kids together who are the child of one of the most strongest Jedi uh, around, right, like – Palpy or Vader are gonna like kind of feel it if they get close to you know. It's
1: like how the president and the vice president can't fly on the same plane. You don't want one lightsaber to take them both out at the same time. But I do think it sucks that one of them gets to has to literally be raised on a dirt farm that farms dirt. Yeah, and the other one gets gets to keep his evil name though. And once (laughs) yeah yeah, how will we ever find Luke Skywalker? Uh, I don't know. Um,
3: and, 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 I wonder, <laughs> and I wonder if they're making these decisions, because it was always, like, again, in the movie, because it's never, like, actually talked about or said in the movie or set up, you know, I, I wonder if they're making these decisions under the assumption of, like, we think Annie is dead, you mm-hmm. know, so if anybody possibly knows about Padme being a lot, or yeah. Padme being pregnant what? and actually having these kids, it might be yeah. this very powerful Sith Lord, Palpatine, Um but even still, like, why would you hide him with anakin's brotherhood like brother-in-law
1: literally in the same house with the same name and once again <laughs> what? hopefully that kenobi Shoby is going to tell us a little something about that um and so obi-wan says i'm gonna go i'm gonna go watch after him and he goes cool you go do that because i have some training for you there's force ghosts and you're going to you're going to learn how to talk to him and you're going to learn how to be one. And, and uh, there the, was a cut scene where uh, Yoda talks to the Qui-Gon's ghost yeah. in this movie. And that,
3: that's also included in the four hour super, mm-hmm. super cut nice. where you just hear his voice while Yoda's like has his eyes closed. And I freaked out because that also me reminded me of the the possibility of Qui-Gon Jin also showing up in this Kenobi show.
1: Um, we get Padme's funeral. The somber Jar Jar is something. That's a shot I was like, oh, yeah, that actually hurts.
3: Yeah, that hits Um,
1: different. Padme gets buried with the necklace from Anakin that she's still holding on to. Okay. Um, And then we get a shot of Vader and Palpatine just like, we're going to build a Death Star, even if it takes us 16 years. (laughs) It looks half done. Don't you worry. In 16 years, that bad boy's going to be finished.
3: Carboni, the work stalled. Yeah. The work stalled when once his face tried when, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. uh, to, you know, leave the That's Empire. That's Rogue One. Yeah.
1: Um, and then <sighs> we get to Obi-Wan landing on Tatooine, handing a baby to Baroo Beru, and Baru's like, walks up to Joel Kinnaman. <laughs> Or
3: no is. words exchange. Did he Walks hit up. her up on his cell phone had He's like, "Hey, yeah. I got to drop off this kid." Like, they walk
1: up. They look at the sons and they go, <laughs> "We got a baby. <laughs> that is something." Yep. Written direct and directed by George Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Skitter,
3: skitter, skitter. <laughs> and, and I do yeah. want to say the last thing I'll bring up in the supercut because yeah, very jarring moment. Is still a little jarring in the supercut, but what they decide to end on is not of the the moment of. The possible new hope with Luke, right? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. decide to end on Vader finding the stormtrooper grave that Ahsoka left. And that's where they end in the supercut, which still hits even hard. It, it almost feels like that Empire Strikes Back of just like, you know, there's hope, but you don't feel it whatsoever, which is kind of the opposite of what they ended with Revenge of the Sith in that last shot, yeah. which I thought was an interesting choice of like, you know there's hope and it's gonna be okay which uh, tonally i felt like was a weird choice to have after this very tonally just really dark movie it's a um, dark ending it's
1: yeah. i think i think no matter what they did it's it's a dark ending and then it, it goes
3: and it's like yeah i don't know if i would have transitioned over to that music after the movie We. it was
1: originally going to end with the cantina song so i'm glad that they changed that
0: could have ended on Leia because the next film starts on Leia, but that's it.
2: And there you go, everybody. This has been Star Wars Episode Three Revenge of the Sith, our rewatch here on In Review. Like I said a million times, next week we're going to be back on the kind of funny screencast doing our weekly reviews of. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I am so, so excited. Episodes one and two will be next Friday, and then every other episode will be next Wednesday, I think, unless they stick to the Friday releases. I'm sure at Celebration they're going to make that clear. But until then, Sage, where can people find you?
0: You can find me everywhere on the internet at NotSage and over on the Pixel Circus channel, which I run and also do a bunch of lovely shows with Anthony as well. Uh, We do D&D, we do morning gaming and pop culture news, and we got a bunch of fun new stuff coming out. So twitch.tv slash Pixel
1: Circus. Hell yeah. And Anthony Carboni,
2: where can people find you?
1: You can find me everywhere on the internet at A Carboni, except for on Twitch where I'm at Anthony Carboni. Twitch, you cowards, give it back to me. I do the Pixel Circus thing with Sage and uh, all next week, starting on Thursday, Watch me on the Star Wars YouTube channel doing all of the Star Wars celebration coverage live. It's going to be a good year.
2: Hell yeah. Congratulations on that. And congratulations on your first in-review plot. You killed it. This was fantastic. Great episode, everybody. But until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.